What's the first thing you're gonna do when you get inside that dressing room? Oh, kiss every single guy on the team in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the very first ever episode of Large Adult Sons. I'm your host, Danny Samet. I'm very excited that you've decided to join me in this journey of hockey and food and music and whatever the fuck else I want to talk about, because it's my podcast and I get to, I'm the one with the microphone and you're the one with the ears, so I hope you enjoy it. But um, before we get started with today's episode, just wanted to give you a little backstory about what all it is that I'm doing here. Um, I work as a merchandise manager for the band's Thrice and Two-Door Cinema Club, so I go on tour with them and I deal with everything that happens with their t-shirts, and because of that I get to travel around the country and Canada and I get to talk to sports fans, and it's kind of my whole love of sports, it's the culture behind it and the dialogue that happens because of it. Uh, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, my dad's whole family is from Toronto, so I grew up a diehard Leafs fan, and just given everything that's happened with this team over the last couple years, I thought this was a really a perfect time to really start talking about them. I mean, shit, they're the most fun team in hockey right now. I mean, Matthews, Nylander, Marner, Tavares, like the list just goes on and on. It's a really great time to be a Leafs fan, and I'm excited to go on this journey with y'all. We don't have any sponsors yet. We will. If you want to throw me money to talk about hockey and food and stuff, feel free. Uh, but this is going to be a fun episode. Uh, the f- song you heard going into this is uh, by Teddy Geiger. Uh, it's called I Was in a Cult. Uh, hit, her new album is coming out soon. Very excited about that. Uh, and the interviews today, the first one is with my dear friend John Cullen. John is the host of Real Good Show, as well as Stone and Straw, which is both awesome podcasts in their own right. And uh, he's a huge Leafs fan and a stand-up comic, so I kind of did some basic Leafs season preview stuff with him. Second, we've got my friend Ian Perkins from the Gaslight Anthem, as well as Asbury Park FC. Uh, we talked about the Marlies. Ian has is a recent Toronto transplant, and uh, he has a very intimate connection with the Marlies, so I talked with him about just how fun it was uh, watching them win last year and just everything about that and also about some food. And then uh, last but not least, my dear friend Kenny Vasoli of The Starting Line and Vacationer. Uh, Kenny recently announced that Vacationer has collaborated with Cherry Cola Farms to produce their own signature strain of cannabis. So we talked about weed, about everything from stigmas and breaking them down to cannabis helping with art to Kenny being in the middle of picking up a Vietnamese food order while on the phone with me. So yeah, this is kind of what we do here, a whole lot of everything. Very excited to share this journey with you. Be sure to rate, subscribe. You can find me on Twitter at at Dammit or same thing on Instagram. I am the media. Uh, also listen to my other podcast, Neighborhood Play. That is my quote-unquote main gig. Uh, my dear friend Tyler. I keep saying dear friend. I don't know why. I just like using adjectives to describe my friends, and they're all venison in their own right. So dear friend it is. Uh, but Tyler, is he produced this episode because I'm bad at time management, Uh, So he produced this one for me. Tyler is the co-host of Neighborhood Play. We talk about all sorts of sports there. 
Uh, if you're a hockey fan, uh, we aired an interview that I did with Zach Hyman of the Leafs on there, as well as Coach Chad Berman of the University of Arizona hockey team. So all sorts of good hockey stuff there. So uh, again, be sure to like the show, rate the show, subscribe to the show, harass me on Twitter. <sighs> it's about to be a great season of Leafs hockey, everyone. Go Leafs, go. I was gonna wear the shirt that I just got in the mail today, but you would be too aroused, so I decided not to. Oh hell yeah! Oh yeah, the Joey. I got the koozie oh. too. Oh yeah, I saw the koozie. I didn't know that they made uh, like jerseys out of the out of the players' weekend stuff. Neither did I, but my stoned habit is just perusing fanatics and seeing if there's anything to waste my money on, and I found that the other day, and obviously I'm going to buy a in Flanders Fields Joey Votto jersey, because how could I not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm wearing my uh, another online uh, purchase as well. That's uh, the, from Mighty Ducks, so I think yeah. it's, got, it's got Adam Banks' name on the back. Ooh, powerful jersey. Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, Riley from Thrice and I have a massive jersey collection scheme. And uh, I have one of Nick's Vlad Jr. shirts for him, and then a Greg Maddox shirt sitting ready to be packed in my suitcase next week. So, nice. ready to share the love. Uh, Nick had a hot take about the Unflanders Fields thing. Uh, his take was that it was Vado's way to kind of earn brownie points back with Canada. You think so? I don't know. I don't think Joey could care less. I, I, I just I don't think he cares about Canadian baseball or about his perception. Yeah, I don't think so either. But yeah, yeah, maybe. What did they ask him about it? Did he say like what his actual reasoning was? Like did he was no. just like, "Oh, it's a good poem?" No, I think it was just like his way of saying thanks to the troops basically, I think. Right. Yeah. Right. But what what a guy. What a guy. I love him. Yeah, he's a beauty. I am very sad/excited about him getting traded to Toronto to win a World Series across the diamond from Vlad Jr. in three years. <laughs> yeah, I'll, be- I'll believe that when I see it. I I hate this organization so much. It's so upsetting. Yeah, the Reds have been bad for a long time, eh? I have not existed on a planet where the Reds have won a World Series. That's uh, Well, same with me and the Leafs, so I feel you yeah. on that one. Well, that's a good segue. You want to talk about the Leafs because it's about that time? <laughs> Sure, sure. Are we, oh, were we recording that whole time? Oh, yeah. I'm, I have the... So, for your podcasting needs when you're out and about, I use this thing called Ecamm. It's totally dependent on how good people's Wi-Fi and audio quality is, but it just sucks the audio out of uh, FaceTime and Skype. Oh, cool. Yeah. So Does I, it, uh, I feel like it's sounding like pretty robotic. I don't know if that's me or you. I don't know. Uh, I, you sound fine on my end, so I guess that I sound robotic. Like, glitchy robotic? Or like... Yeah, like, yeah, but like, as long as that doesn't sound that way to you, then it's probably fine. Yeah, I think it should be fine. You don't, you okay. sound fine. You look fine. Okay, sweet. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, well, so when we first met, it was the middle of the Bruins playoff series, and... Neither of us had had the emotional bandwidth to, I think, to properly discuss what (laughs) happened in that series. I don't think I do yet, but I think that everything that's happened this offseason has just made me forget about all the bad parts and just move on to thinking about the good. Uh, 
I think it's safe to say the Leafs got their asses throttled in that series. I mean, it went to seven games, but it was not. It was very, very, very ugly at times. It was a straight up Jekyll and Hyde thing. So, I mean, obviously there have been there's been really one significant change since that series. Like, where was your head at after that? Besides, in, uh, in, a, in a can of beer. After the <laughs> after the Leafs lost, I think. Uh... I don't know. I felt like they had a really tough draw going into the playoffs, no matter what. Like they were going to either likely we're going to have to play Boston or Tampa and then play the other one of those two if they won. So I felt like they weren't good enough to beat both of them in a row. So I think that like going into the playoffs, I feel like maybe other people's expectations were high because they were like, oh, well, they made the playoffs last year. And so I think they're, this is like, they've got better. They're going to be better. But like, I just kind of felt like they, it was going to be such a tough road for them, no matter what. And I just didn't feel like they were the best team. So I think that like, I was ultimately sad that they lost, of course, but I feel like I was maybe a little bit more tempered about it only because I just didn't think like, I thought that a lot of shit was going to have to break right for them to make it to the, to the cup. And I think really like the biggest thing that was going to need to break right for them was that Anderson was going to have to play well. And then when he started the, and then when he started the Boston series, not playing well, I was just kind of like, okay, well, whatever. Yeah. The Freddie Anderson thing's interesting. I really want to find like a former goalie to talk to about that just because like he's such an enigma. And I think that in hindsight, a lot of uh, the sabermetric community kind of pointed out how overworked he was throughout the season, and I think that's definitely valid. But I mean, that's kind of Anderson's mo is just really, really, really like top three goalie in hockey one game, and then benchable the next, and kind of is what it is. But I don't know. Yeah, he he really really shit the bed that series. Yeah, he played ter- terrible, and I know because it's it is weird because I have like people who aren't Leafs fans tell me that like we can't win with Anderson and he's not good enough and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I watch every game. There are games where he is unbelievable. Like you, there are some games you watch him and you're like, well, he's got to be the best goalie in the league. Like, like like he's like that good. But then, yeah, of course he has like, and it seems like his bad games have been when it's in the spotlight. So people have this idea that he's this like terrible goaltender. And like, it's kind of like the same thing with Jake Gardner, you know, people always like, give Jake Gardner a hard time. And it just seems like he has these really bad games when everybody's watching. And then people are like, Oh, Jake Gardner's bad. And then I'm like, he had 53 points last year. And then people are like, what? (laughs) Well, I think it's the same thing with Nylander. Like he's in and out of Babcock's doghouse for his ability to control the puck, but people are just making such a big deal about how he's like a lesser player somehow. And it's like, okay, Gardner is not like an all-world player. Nylander and Anderson are exceptional at what they do. Yes, they're going to have bad games. Who doesn't? But like, it's like, grow up. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And that's just it. I think it's like, it's a weird, I think it's just like people like to shit on the Leafs. So it's like anytime, anytime a Leafs player does anything bad, it's like blown up. Like that's their whole, you know, I live in Vancouver. So Obviously, like, people here, it's like, you know, if you listen to people here, Chris Tanev is, like, one of the top ten defensemen in the league, you know, but but Jake Gardner sucks, but but Tanev is oh, so yeah. good, Tanev. you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, like, I, I don't get me wrong, I do think Tanev is, like, when he's healthy, 
I do think he's a nice player, but like the idea that he's this amazing, it was the same thing. Like when Edler had a couple good years and everyone here was like, Edler bona fide number one defenseman, like sneaky, good, blah, blah, blah. And then like, <laughs> and then I say that about Morgan Riley. And then people are like, Morgan Riley's not a number one. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, just grow up, all of you. <laughs> leave John alone. He, you're better than you deserve better than that. Thank you. I agree. Leave me alone. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm kind. I'm just. My heart has moved on from that series. Uh. Let's let's look ahead to this year. Are there? I mean, it was kind of a quiet off season. Is there anything really worth talking <laughs> about from this off season? I mean. Yeah, I mean, I kind of liked the, uh, you know, I liked the Tyler Ennis acquisition. I thought that was like a good, like, uh, like a you good know, depth under signing. the, yeah, good depth signing. You know, Josh Juris. I know, like a lot of Flames fans really like him too. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's the Leafs' depth has always been a problem. It's kind of nice that they like actually made some moves to like shore up the bottom of their oh, lineup. Totally. Yeah, like going into this year, I mean, I'm more than fine with giving Kasperi Kapanen and Andreas Janssen like plenty of time on the ice, but you do need just, you, you can't rely on them yet. Like Janssen had an incredible uh, Calder Cup, but you you just, I, I like what I see, but you'd need someone reliable. And I think that they definitely got some reliable options there that, I mean, best case scenario, Janssen and Kapanen, rock out and it's fine but worst case scenario we have we have it covered now yeah for sure well i think for me it's like the last at least like decade or so the leafs it's always like they're they're players that are in the minors are always guys that you're like oh these guys are top six guys if they're gonna be successful they're gonna be top six guys which is great but then like when whenever we have an injury towards the bottom of the lineup or we've got a like, or we have an injury at the top, and we got to push people up. It's like we had, we've never had a, a like a, a wealth of guys that can play a third and fourth line role that can kill penalties where I'm not like dying the whole time the Leafs are on the power play, like all that kind of stuff. Like so, I agree. Like to me, Kapanen and Janssen is like a no brainer. I'm not worried about those guys like not playing well, uh, but I think that. Yeah, it's just nice to have all these kind of guys that are like around the fourth line slash like the first line on the Marlies where you're like, okay, they could reasonably like, yeah. we have a lot of depth where if we get hurt, we're not uh, icing guys like Byron Fraze and, uh, you know, people like that and Rinat Valiev and uh, Corbinian Holzer. So a signing that kind of went under the radar this offseason, the Leafs went out and got second line center John Tavares. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty fucking cool, man. <laughs> you have the jersey yeah. already. I'm proud of you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, when I was in Toronto, I was in Toronto like a month ago, and I, uh, I went to the team store, and I was going to get a jersey there, and I found that they were uh, a little cost prohibitive, so I waited until uh, a sale rolled around, and I uh, – I did well for myself. Uh, I struck gold at the arena store when I was there uh, in July. Um, I don't know why the sale was happening, but they had all of the old arenas jerseys, like the authentic, like three hundred dollar Adidas ones, on sale for eighty dollars. So I got a new lander. That was pretty, pretty clutch. But uh, yeah, I mean, more clutch than that is just signing Tavares. Like it's unbelievable just what that one player will do to this team. Like it can't be overstated. I don't think like the fact that Nazem Kadri is the third line center now just is mind blowing. Like again, 
I, I, I need to just say it. John Tavares is a Toronto Maple Leaf. That's pretty I know. I, <laughs> just say I it. Just say it. John Tavares is a Maple Leaf, man. Yes, he is. It's the real deal. I know I have a buddy, uh, a good friend of mine, a fellow comedian, and uh, he's from Newfoundland, and he's a huge Leafs fan, Matt Wright. And uh, we'll just uh, text each other, John Tavares. Just like nothing, <laughs> just like nothing else. Just like, or, or like we saw, if we end up talking about something serious, we'll sign, we'll, we'll sign off with, I love you, John Tavares. And that's like the, <laughs> that's like the end of the, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy for lots of reasons. I mean, yeah, first, I guess we can talk about the fact that, like, to me, I almost think that Austin Matthews becomes a third-line center. Like, I think that, like, he won't, like, to me, I think all three of them are going to get about equal ice time. And I think that Babcock is going to continue, like, I'm saying at home, sure. I think Babcock is going to keep, ma- I think he's going to keep hard-matching Kadri to the other team's yes. top line. And then Tavares will get the next most difficult defensive assignment. So that kind of technically makes Austin Matthews your third line center, which is crazy. Like I think if Babcock's smart, and I'm pretty sure that he is, he's gonna get he's gonna get Matthews a lot of time against bottom lines and bottom yes. pair D. Uh, him and Nylander, and it's gonna be just it's gonna be sick to watch. It is. Like I, I I'm fine with that. I think that a lot of people have been kind of going after Babcock for his use of Matthews last year. And I think it's, he's right to shelter him in some ways. And like, look, they, again, this is a luxury that the Leafs and only the Leafs can afford at no point ever. Will there be a, anyone like Nazem Kadri is like a, an elite center and he's the third option. Like I, I, again, it can't be overstated what this edition does. Like they're going to be fine. And I'm fi- like, I think at, at a certain point in Matthew's career, like sooner than later, hopefully he's going to need to be able to be used for special teams. He's a big dude. He can play all sides. He, he could, he's a He's a, how do I want to phrase this? The dude can pretty much do everything you want someone to do on the ice. He's just not the, he's not in the right place at the right time, a hundred percent of the time yet. Cause he's, I think what, 20 years old, 21 years old. It's going to be fine at some point, sure. But for now, I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think that's the thing is like I tell people Austin Matthews is going to be the third line center and they like freak out. And I'm like, well, he's not going to be the third line center like Brandon Sutter is your third line center. He's going to be like he's it's like we don't really have like a third line center. We have three one C's and they're going to play in different ways in the lineup. But like, yeah, just the idea that one of the three of them is always going to be out against a bad pairing uh, or a bad line is like, it's almost crazy. Like, we just never really have seen this center depth. I mean, I think people thought maybe the Penguins would have that last year once they added Broussard, but then Broussard, like, really sucked. Uh, so, like, I mean, obviously Crosby Malkin is better than Matthews Tavares, but, I mean, it's pretty close. And then Kadri, yeah. Kadri's better than anything that the that the Penguins ever had at 3C. I mean, I guess Jordan Stahl, but he was still pretty yeah. young. Yeah, like, I, it's it's overwhelming. And then, I mean, on the wings, too, like, nothing's changed there. And I, I touched on this earlier, but I think that – I don't know why people are so down on Nylander. And it's obviously just the Toronto media and the hockey media just being ridiculous as always. But William Nylander is really, really, really good. Uh, 
I think he might be better than Marner in a lot of ways. Marner's better than him in a couple ways, but I think that overall Nylander's the better player. Marner got really hot at the end of last year, and people saw that, and that's fair, and I'm not trying to shit on Marner by any means, but it's, again, like, there's depth there. Like, Patrick Marlowe, William Nylander, Mitch Marner, Zach Hyman, Janssen, Kapanen, Ennis, like, that's gnarly. That's really gnarly. Like, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I, uh... When it comes to Nylander, I mean, I think the contract should definitely be done. And I saw a tweet earlier, like, how how much different would the tone of these negotiations be if uh, Dubis wasn't there and if it was still Lou kind of ruling with an iron fist? Like, you've seen Nylander especially, but all the Leafs kind of cut loose and enjoy themselves this offseason. I don't think that they necessarily wouldn't have enjoyed themselves if Lou was still here. But just being able to have personalities, I think that's... a good thing and I think that young players want that and I don't see a world where Nylander isn't signed by the start of the season oh yeah he'll be signed for sure I'm not worried about that I mean I think yeah I think it's got to be hard when you're a young player and you're just coming up and you obviously yeah you're like told you have to shave and you have to do this and like all these like weird like antiquated rules like I I think too, like in a lot of ways, Babcock is a super old school guy. And so it's hard if I feel like it would be hard if you're like a star in the NHL, a young, a young gun, your team's really good and you're getting it from both ways, right? Like you're getting Babcock's like kind of this old school, hard mentality and then lose also like that too. Like I think, I think Babcock has always been good at balancing the like being a hard ass, but like also like being a player's coach and, and you know, being good to the players and caring about them. And I think Dubis is going to bring that same kind of like, you know, care to the players. And I think they're going to enjoy like playing for him and Hey, they've all got great beards. So I'm all on board for that. They do. And cornrows in Travis Dermott's case. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do do you watch Mad Men? I don't. Sorry. Well, here, I'm just going to make this analogy just because I've been binge watching and rewatching it. Uh, I feel like the organization really resembles Sterling Cooper. Uh, Lou was the Brits that came in and completely dismantled everything after Sterling Cooper was purchased. Kyle Dubas is the beautiful Don Draper who has just the right touch with every human being. And then uh, Mike Babcock is John Sterling, or Roger Sterling, rather, just uh, a man of the people, but also kind of a dick sometimes. It's It works, and I think that just what we saw after the Calder Cup win with Dubis. Like, that's what I want to see in a GM. Like, that's just, at the end of the day, sports are very intense, and there's it's business at the end of the day. It's very intense, multi-billion dollar business. But it's not. It's sports. It's a game. It's fun. I want to see emotion. I want to see personalities. And that coming from the top down with Dubis is awesome. And I, I just don't see a negative there. I mean, I, I, I see what Lou's point is, what he tries to do. And I get that from a certain extent, but like with this team, like it's just for so many reasons, just let them be who they are. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's the right time. You know, people were talking about, Oh, Lou cured the team of blue and white disease or whatever. And I was like, well, like maybe I guess, I mean, I'm not there. I, you know, sure. I don't, I don't work for the team. So I, what am I going to say? Like, maybe he does that. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But I just think that, yeah, I, I think that Lou is, was good for what he is, but I think it's like the perfect time to hand the keys over to someone. And I just love that, you know, I, you, you've grown up as a Leafs fan, like for the longest time, 
we were the antiquated team. Like Mm -hmm. when there was no salary cap, we just signed all these old guys that were like sort of still good. And we've always had these old dudes at the helm, uh, like Cliff Fletcher and Lou Lamorello and like all these guys, like it's, and Brian Burke. And it's like, we've never really, I would never have called the Leafs a progressive franchise. Uh, So it's like, it's kind of cool that not only is this the best Leafs team they've ever had in my lifetime. And that's before they even yeah. take the ice with Tavares. Like I would say these last two years are two of the best Leafs teams they've had in my lifetime. Pardon me. I also think that just like the idea that I love the players, like yeah. all the young guys seem like good guys. They all have really different personalities, but they all seem really cool. And then, yeah, to just have this like progressive GM that's coming in, he's hiring women. He clearly wants to do things differently. Uh, you know, I just love it. It's like such a fun thing to be a part of. And, and I don't mean to keep bringing up Vancouver, but it just feels no, like fair. because I, because I live here, they feel so much like the Leafs were like six or seven years ago, just mired in mediocrity, grasping at straws to try to get that like eighth playoff spot. And just like, and just spinning their tires. And as a fan, it's just like, you really almost have nothing to cheer for. And right now with the Leafs, it feels like we have like everything to cheer for. Like I'm happy about everything, which is crazy. That shouldn't happen. In sports, yeah. Right? right. Well, like as it's, it's, I draw a comparison to the Reds, like as far as what you're saying about just, just a bad attitude in the organization, like the Reds, they have, like it is proven in all sports, every single sport, there are blueprints from different teams how to get good again. And that's, it's called rebuilding and you have to tear it down and you have to deal with bullshit and you have to get rid of good players and it's all for the greater good. And the Canucks just have strapped, like they just don't want to go all in. They just ride the fence with it. The Reds did it for a minute. And then this year, instead of trading Matt Harvey and giving starts to young pitchers to see what they've got, they kept Matt Harvey because of a quote unquote winning culture. And there is no winning culture. They're going to finish under 500 again. And it's like, just with baseball being so bad and with the NFL being as annoying as it is sometimes, it's just, it's really nice to be a Leafs fan. And just, I don't have a single problem with anything that the organization has done this off season. Like that, as you said, like that doesn't happen. That has never happened in my life as a sports fan. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I, the only thing, like, like I said, I, I, it feels like the right time, and you're talking about you love all their moves this offseason. The only thing that uh, sticks out to me a little bit is I almost wish that Lou was gone last season because I feel like Dubis would have tried to get value for JVR at the deadline. Like, I, I really feel like he would have taken a look at that and been like, you know what, like, let's get, let's get something for him right now like they obviously sure. knew they were never going to bring him back. Like, I don't know. That to me just sticks out as the one thing where I'm like, ah, maybe do this. He might've done. Yeah, something and there. like, that's, I mean, and that is definitely like objectively they should have traded him, but I think that that is such a small thing. Compa- like, like it's really not the biggest deal. Like, I mean, I see where they're, I see where they're coming from. It's like, as a rational sports fan, I, going into the playoffs like no i don't think that it was the leafs here and i think that most people would agree but why not like why it it didn't have to not be their year they had just as good a shot as anyone i mean i don't think the draw favored them and again like i don't think they were favorites going in so i think it makes sense for some from some sides to keep jvr but i mean again it's like 
who cares? We got John Tavares. <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah, I know, right? The uh, the one glaring move this offseason was the move that wasn't made, uh, and that is the defense. And uh, I, for one, like that they didn't go out and get somebody. I think that it's very clear the kind of uh, defenseman that Dubis wants. He wants speed. He wants people that know what they're doing with the puck. He wants zone exits. He wants smart, athletic, fast players. And that's what he's doing. I mean, the Sandin pick is that, giving Travis Dermott a chance to really cement himself as a top four defenseman this year. That's exactly what that is. I mean, yeah, that is the weakness of the team, and that is a it could be a fairly big weakness. It also could not be depending on how Dermot does, but I, I'm fine with it. I think that there's <clears throat> let him, let it ride, you know, like, yes, obviously everyone wants Eric Carlson, but I'm fine with just seeing what happens. Like it's a really good team. We're just picking well, straws here. Totally. And I think the thing with the D that a lot of people don't realize is that uh, when your top three centers are Matthews, Tavares and Kadri, your defense is going to look better just by default. Uh-huh. I mean, the, the Leafs haven't had center depth. So, like, you look even at last year, like, Matthews wasn't playing at 100% for most of the season. And he's not, yeah, like we said, he still has some things to develop in his game. I actually think he's a bit underrated defensively. Yeah. I think he's really good. Uh, like, his stick checking is among the best in the NHL. Pardon me. Like, I, I do think that he's, he'll be better, but... Uh, but I think he's better than people think. Uh, but yeah, like they, you look at who their third line center was last year. You know, they've got Tyler Bozak, who's terrible at yeah. defense, and JVR is not good at defense either. No. So they had a completely sheltered third line. You've got younger guys on D, like Dermot and like Connor Carrick. And I mean, Carrick's getting older, but in terms of experience Fair. wise, like. I, I think, you know, you look at, like, the Penguins, for example, two years ago, they won the Cup with Ron Hainsey and Brian Dumoulin as their top pair. Like, you you see that happen so often where these D-men win a Cup and then everyone's like, oh, that's a great defenseman. And then they go out and get that defenseman and it's like, oh, well, they're good, but, like, they were good because they were also on a good team. Yeah. And I feel like that's a rising tide that kind of lifts all boats and, like, from all metrics, Tavares is a very solid defensive center. Obviously, Kadri's great, too. So, like, I really think that I, – I, I agree with everyone. I'm not saying that yeah. we maybe shouldn't make a move, but to wait and see what you have and then maybe make a move at the deadline where you're paying a defenseman only a third of their salary or whatever, like, if it ends up being a problem. But I think people might find, like – well, it's actually not that big of a problem because we have way better defensemen than we thought because now we actually have centers that can play defense. Yeah, it again, like, it just can't be understated. Like, it, we keep going back to the same point. It's this offense will be unbelievable. And a good the, the good offense, I mean, that's the point. Keep the puck out of the other team's hands. I don't think we're going to have a problem with that. And, like, like all, this to, all this to say... You could do a lot worse than Morgan Riley and Jake Gardner. They're really, really good. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I think Riley's an undisputed one de- number yeah, one defenseman. Um, you know, he's not in the top ten, probably, but he's in that conversation. I mean, you and know, he's it's still like, so young. Totally. And, and that's the thing, you know, it's like all these people want to shit on Morgan Riley, but then, like, you look at all the prognosticators who are like, oh, what if Canada went to the Olympics this year? And, like, Morgan Riley was on, like, all of their teams. 
So it's like, oh, so Morgan Riley's one of the best defensemen for one of the best hockey playing countries in the world. But like, but he's yeah, not but that him. good. Yeah. yeah, but fuck, yeah, he's not that good, you know, like whatever. Like, it's just that kind of thing. And it's the same thing with the Jake Gardner thing. Like, I, I, I specifically have had people, like multiple, multiple people be like, Jake Gardner didn't score 53 points last year. And I'm like, yes, he did. I'm a li- Why are you arguing with me? I watched every fucking game. Like, yes, he did. And they're like, no, he didn't. And then, they, and then I like, we go look or whatever. And then they're like, holy shit. Like, and not, obviously points aren't everything, but like, he's not as bad defensively as people think he is. And he scores a lot of points and he's a great like puck mover. And like, I think he's the type of guy that Dubas, like, I think Dubas will try to re-sign him. Yeah, and I think that's smart. Um, going back to what you said about maybe getting somebody at the deadline, I forget who said this, but it's the perfect way to put it. You can afford to sign a Matthews, a Marner, a Tavares, and a Nylander, all the big deals. You can afford to overpay. You just have to make literally every other decision well. You can't mess up any of the depth players. You have to sign them to the right deals at the right time. And I, I fully trust that Dubis can do that, and I'm like again, like I, with, I think we're on the same page here. It's like it's, we're gonna be fine. Everything's gonna be fine. The defense might not be as good as it was last year. It might be better. Who knows? But it, it's really not the end of the world. Morgan Riley and Jake Gardner are there. Travis Dermott looks like he could really be a top four guy, and we'll see. I, I'm not worried. I think everyone just needs to take a deep breath. <laughs> we got John Tavares. We do. That's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Take a deep, take a deep breath, and read some articles about John Tavares and how good we're going to be. And then I thought, did you see the um, Pierre LeBrun had that like uh, Leafs bait uh, article today in the Athletic, where he interviewed a bunch of GMs and coaches for their opinion about the Leafs this year? And I, I thought it was so interesting. Like it kind of like those pieces are what they are, but I did think it was kind of interesting that like it sort of mirrors what I've been hearing about the Leafs from just like friends of mine and like people that listen to my other podcasts and stuff like that, where it's like, you know, I I think some people recognize like, wow, like they could be the best offensive team of all uh, of the like new era. And they could be like uh, uh, unprecedented offensively. They could be a really good team, but then there's still other people who are like, nah, they're not going to be as good as everyone thinks. And like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Okay. I mean, it, it, there's just any, like, there's no possible way to come to that take. It just is not a thing. Like, look at the team last year. Look at the team this year. It is significantly better this year. They will be better this year. End of story. Like, that's, there's no other conclusion to come to. And, like, I'm not even saying that as, as a Leafs fan. It's just, it, that's just how it works. If you get better, you are better. That's, yeah. It's not rocket well, appliances. And- <laughs> well, and you have all these, you have all these young guys who presumably will get better, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you still have like you have Marner, Nylander, and Matthews like all playing their yeah. third season in the NHL. So, like, I mean, I guess Nylander it's like three and a half, but still, like, it's it's just crazy. Like, you can reasonably assume that all three of them will be markedly better this year, and then you can also assume that Dermot's going to be better this year coming into camp knowing he's got a job. Same thing with yeah. Kapanen. Same thing with Janssen. Like, so, you know, I, I think that that's exactly right. It's like you you add, like, a top 25 player in the NHL, uh, arguably even higher than that, and then you're going to say that uh, that we didn't get better. People are like, oh, 
people are underrating Bozak and JVR's contribution. It's okay, yeah, JVR scored a bunch of goals. Most of them were on the power play. Yeah, guess and do- I can guess- sc- I can score thirty goals playing with that with those players cherry picking by the net. Totally. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I think JVR is a really yeah. nice player, and I think he's a great guy too. To- I totally. think there's no no question about it. I think he's super smart, and 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 I all and I loved that he was on the Leafs. And I mean, you know, we still can never. Uh, can never underestimate how great it was that we got him for Luke Shen one for one. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, this, that, that seems to be the people who are shitting on the Leafs uh, are who are saying like, Oh, they're not going to be as good as everyone thinks they are. If your reason, if the thing, the first thing out of your mouth is like, well, I don't know how they're going to replace Tyler Bozak. Maybe it's time to like go back to the drawing board. On yeah. That. So I want to put this off season in the rear view. This is the season preview episode, so I will be that guy, and I do want to talk about some predictions. But oh, okay, let's to kind of to kind of put the off season in the rear view. I want your opinion on the most important question of the summer. What in your in your opinion? What was the boldest look of the Leafs? Was it the Nylander beard and unsheathed robe combo? Was it Ooh. Travis Dermott, Speedo, and Cornrows? Or was it Austin Matthews appearing out of nowhere with a full sleeve? Yeah. Ooh, those are all great questions. Or, sorry, great options. I'm going to go... I, okay, I'm going to eliminate... I'll eliminate my choices and reveal the... Sure. So I think Matthews with the sleeve uh, was powerful. a little bit... Was it's powerful? It's sort of shocking, but not as shocking when you consider that he got that like giant lion last year yeah. and whatever. Like it kind of made sense. So that one didn't wasn't like too crazy. So I'm gonna eliminate that one. And then Dermot, it was great, but it was also pretty temporary. Yeah, it, like he had that cornrows for the picture, but then like a week later, I saw a picture of him without them. So I gotta go Nylander. I feel like that's like Nylander's whole summer was him just walking around in a robe. With a full beard. I think that's just Nylander. I think he's like he, he's reached his final form. Like he's a beautiful blonde Swedish Viking prince who's really fucking good at hockey. And like, good lord, dude, this was his summer this year. Wait till he's wait till they back up the truck to his house. Wait till they're dropping bags at the Nylander estate. Good yeah. lord, what is what is gonna happen to that sweet man when? Whoa. Oh God. It's uh, it's it's gonna get out of control, and I can't wait. Um, my last question. I have to go back to Dermot. Do I? I honestly think that he ejaculated onto the Calder Cup at some point. Do you? <laughs> like, I don't think there's a scenario where his seed did not end up on or in that, that cup. <laughs> I mean, uh, oh, it's tough to say one way or the other, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that there's a, a very strong possibility that happened. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about Marner, but he made it very clear that he's a big boy and he is a serious, astute man. So I don't want to talk about his commercials, which are hilarious or his, uh, knee hockey tournaments with Marlowe's kids. Cause he's a big boy and he's, he's above that now. He is, he is way yeah. past it. He's a serious boy who just wants to be taken seriously and we can't. We cannot begrudge him no, that, no, Danny. No, of course uh, not. No, no. He's uh, I, his commercials are surprisingly very good. Yeah, he's. Oh God, I love this team. I love this team I, so much. Yeah, thank you for too. the Marner T-shirt, by the way. That was that's like that's. Oh, uh, you're like, welcome, dude. That was just like, it's like man, I 
because at that tour, I only had my Nylander shirt, and I was just wearing it every game day, and, like, it's hard to do laundry on tour, and it just got to the point where, like, the band were just like, dude, you gotta stop wearing that, so I was like, hey, new friend who Jessica Sands introduced me to, could you maybe bring me a Marner shirt? And you absolutely did, and that was tight. Yeah, dude, I don't, uh, I don't mess around when it comes to a Leafs, when it comes to a Leafs fan. Well, and of course, any friend of uh, any friend of Jess's is a friend of mine. So I already trusted you because uh, because you're a friend of Jess's. But then, uh, additionally, to be a Leafs fan, and Jess was like, "Oh yeah, like you guys would get along so well. Like you guys like all the same things, and like blah blah blah." And I was like, all "Yes, right. I'm I'm sure we would." And then and I was and then yeah, and then like the first thing you said, you're like, "Oh, can you get me a Nylander shirt?" And I was like. Yeah, I can do that. And then uh, and then we did it. And that was wonderful. It was beautiful. Um, so let's look ahead to this year. Who? I got, I got a couple quick ones. Who will lead the team in scoring? Oh, baby. Uh, okay. Points. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, – I got to go with Austin. I like that. I, uh, I think my, my first – my gut instinct is Marner, but I think that – it's going to be absolutely disgusting what Austin Matthews is able to do at home with the last change. Like, is that an exercise bike? Uh, no. What, it's what, a, I mean, it, oh, what's, what's that? This thing? is a, oh, this is a chair arm. I just, ah. my phone, my phone was about to run out of batteries. So ah. I had to, I had to move uh, closer to a plug. And so now I'm in my, uh, I'm in my podcast studio and I've got you resting on an armchair. So it does uh, look like a bike. It does look like a bike seat though. It I does. See how you would, uh... I have my, I have my microphone on one Pelican case and the pop filter attached to the arm of it. And then I have my laptop on another Pelican case. So we, glad to know we're, we're very professional here. Absolutely. Very professional. Very professional. Um, but yeah, my gut instinct was Marner, but I just think it's going to be disgusting what Matthews is able to do this year. I just think he's just going to decimate, just decimate other teams. It's I think he is. I think he is too. And I, I think I think Marner is a great player, but I I wonder if we saw what's pretty close to his ceiling last year. And that's not an insult. That's a great ceiling. No, exactly. <laughs> he's got eighty points. But I I uh, but yeah, like you know, I I think. I think there's a chance that Marner has the fourth most points on the team. I think there's a chance Nylander outscores Marner. I agree. Uh, I think that the thing that Marner... I think uh, with the Taveras signing, I think that Marner will be the most effective, affected by it, both positively and negatively. Uh, he His game, up until this point, is always pass first, and that's fine, and it's worked perfectly, but... Uh, Taveras can do everything, and I think that Marner's going to be in position to shoot more, and I think he's going to need to take advantage of it. And obviously, like he knows that, and he's going to work on that. But that's that's going to be something to watch. And I just because of that, and because he's on a line with Taveras and not Kadri now, I, th- I think that it is going to be Matthews. I think Newander could be two, and I think Tavares will be three. It'll be interesting to see if uh, if the lines end up changing. I, I could see there I could see there being a world where uh, Nylander and Marner swap, and Marner starts becoming the playmaker for Austin, and Nylander uh, and Tavares hook up. I was kind of ex- I kind of thought that that would be the move right when the signing happened, but I mean I again 
who cares? It's going to be fine. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, they're they're going to be so fun to watch. It doesn't they, matter. Like, oh, would you rather have Barry Bonds hit third or fourth? Who the fuck cares? <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, I, I'm not worried about it. Uh, I really, I know it's not going to happen, but it should happen. I just want to see the death line. I just want to see just Austin, Willie, and Marner on the ice at the same time. Just, just Babcock, like, come on, man. Like, just come on. Why not? At least for like, okay, end of the season, crucial game with Boston, down one goal. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> well, not? the idea, like the idea that if we have to pull the goalie, then that those the four forwards on the ice will be those three and Tavares. Oh, oh. And then you have Kadri playing one of the points and Riley playing the other one. I I just showered and I need to go do that again. <laughs> um, otherwise, uh, as far as the defense goes, do you think there's going to be a move? Like, okay, I think there's going to be a depth trade or a depth signing, but do you think there's going to be a high-profile acquisition at some point this year? No. I agree. Nor do I want there to be. Why not? Actually, okay, I shouldn't. Why don't it, you want there to be? I shouldn't put it that way. I don't want them to. I don't want them to cut off the nose despite the face. I want them to be smart. I want them to stay the course. I want everybody to stay bought in. I don't want there to be a mistake that interferes with the ability to hold on to Matthews, Nylander, and Marner. Uh, I think that one thing this hasn't really been talked about yet, but just being in Ohio and being a Leafs fan, like the Blue Jackets have always been my second team just because having hockey in Ohio is cool. And that is a franchise that in every sense of the word is on the, on the brink of just completely ruining everything. Uh, If they can't figure something out with Panarin, I would not be surprised to see them start to unload that team. Both Panarin and Bavrovsky are off the books after this year I am not thinking that it's going to happen, but if the Blue Jackets come out slow, if Panarin draws a line in the sand and says, no, I will not sign with Columbus, instead of, I don't want to sign with Columbus right now, I could see a Wierenski or a Seth Jones being on the block. Uh, It would take a lot to get one of them, obviously, but if I'm Kyle Dubas, like, I don't... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but add Seth Jones or Zach Wierenski to the Leafs right now. That's the Stanley Cup favorite, without a doubt. I mean, I think if you're getting one of those guys, though, you're trading Marner or Nylander. I think you could get around it. I don't think you can. Not for not for those two guys. I think there's some names that have been bandied about where maybe you can get away with it, but... Not those guys. The Blue Jackets are going to be backed up against a wall. I don't, if I'm their GM, I don't necessarily do this, but I consider it. But like, pretty much dump the tank of prospects. Like, Kapanen and Janssen, Grundstrom, uh, Sparks is, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna trade Sparks, but I think he has considerable value. I just I, I think that with with the situation that the Blue Jackets are in, it would be possible to do that. Uh, now, would that be the best offer that they could get? I'm not sure, but let's say they get rid of Bob. Let's say 
they aren't going to bring back Panarin. They aren't too, like, that's a pretty massive blow, but the issue for the Blue Jackets is, is that they cannot afford to take a step back. They need to win. They need to advance around in the playoffs to earn the city's trust. If, if regardless, but especially if they lose Panarin and Bavrovsky, I think that Kapanen, Janssen, Sparks, like, that's a good core of a package, and that those are immediate contributors, and that, I wouldn't say it helps the Blue Jackets, but it definitely, it, it I would, I would not, I would not, I, I would think about that if I were them. I don't know, that seems pretty wishful to me, like, Seth Jones, for me, was, like, top five in the league this year. So you you think you're going to get a top five D in the league without giving up like even like a, a second line player? Like I just uh, that's the problem for the Leafs is that they don't. It's not a problem, but like in any and this is kind of what's any deal they make for a, de- a defenseman or hey who knows maybe Dubis gets really uh, creative and and goes after Panarin for the last oh. like six months of his contract. Uh, but uh, but that's the thing is like I just don't see. I just don't see how you can, even if you're desperate, I don't see how you can make that deal for a top, top guy without having top prospects. That's the thing. The Leafs don't really like their top prospects are all graduated and they're all very good and they're all already on the team. They don't have like a sexy, you know, like you look at someone like St. Louis, for example, and it feels like they have a lot of pieces that are kind of in that like, really high-end prospect zone but they haven't proven themselves at the nhl level yet so you feel like oh i could make a deal for them like the guys like uh you know robert thomas and jordan kairu and guys like that where you're like okay like that's a deal like if you were columbus you'd say like okay those are guys we would take they've got really good potential i think with the leafs like they don't really have that like they have like jeremy Bracco and rasmus sandin and carl grunstrom and like guys who they're not going to be franchise-changing no. players. So that's the problem for the Leafs is, like, any deal they make for a D-man, they're probably not going to get someone that's going to make their current decor that much better unless they're dealing Marner or Nylander. And I don't think they should do no, that. No, I, I agree entirely. But I think I guess my point is it's, like, Columbus is in the unique position where they cannot rebuild they cannot if if the blue jackets go through a rebuild they will the franchise will fold like they will leave columbus like there won't be support uh if i'm them i want controllable nhl ready contributors and that's what the leafs do have to trade from and again it is wishful thinking absolutely i don't think it's going to happen but it's something that i'm going to be looking out for uh i would not be surprised to see the jackets do some wild shit this year uh last this is the big one what what's i mean it's hockey it's the nhl there is more parody than any other sports league and it's beautiful uh what do you what where do you have the leafs this year what's happening is it happening uh, is, is it happening <laughs> man i've been a leafs fan for too long to ever say that it's happening yeah you know, that's that's the problem um I think that, uh, you know, the, the the thing for the Leafs, and I thought this was really interesting, I think it was maybe Myrtle or Jonas Siegel, they talked about it on the, on their podcast, is is the, this is like one of the only seasons that I can ever remember where the Leafs going into the season are like, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. You know, like that's not, like that doesn't happen really. Like even last year, like I think they got to that point around February. It was like January, February is pretty obvious they're going to make the playoffs, but 
going into the year. I mean, they made the playoffs on the second last day of the season the year before. So <clears throat> I think this is the first year where they could reasonably look at the team and say, okay, we're going to make the playoffs. We know that. So we're just trying to get ready for the playoffs. And I, I think that, so I think regular season wise, I mean, I think they'll be good. I think, you know, they've got two teams in their division that could potentially finish ahead of them again. I mean, I think they're better than Boston. I don't think they're better than Tampa. Uh, and I, so that would be, that'll be the thing. It'll be, they'll kind of hope that they get the Tampa Bay road. Like that's the benefit of winning the division is you get to yeah. play that wild card team instead of having to play either Boston or Tampa and then Boston or Tampa again, like they yeah. would have had to this year. So that's what they should be shooting for. But I think Tampa probably takes the division and I see the Leafs. I see them doing fine, but I, I think they bow out. I don't think they make the conference final. I think they might win a playoff round this year, but I think, I don't know. I think they need one more year. Uh, they need one more year and they need something to happen on the defensive end. I don't know what that's going to be, but that it, they, it just is going to need to be a different look. I think is yeah. there, is there a universe where I can imagine that the Leafs win the cup? Absolutely. I, 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 I am in that universe every night when I close my eyes. <laughs> but yeah, that's the, uh, that, that, that's the, what I would say, like going into the season, that's my hope is like, I just hope they win a playoff round and I think they will. And then after that, who knows? I mean, it's just, it's just such a tough road. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm about the same as you. I think that the conference final is a realistic goal and something that they could be proud of if they get there. And I think it's, totally possible uh i think just the two main things that i want to see this year are everyone staying healthy especially austin i think that seeing what this core can do with like just staying healthy like that's really key to kind of assessing where they're at moving forward like i don't want austin matthews to be eric lindros and i by no means think he will his body's different it's a different day and age but i just want to see the kids stay healthy really badly uh and then i i love dermot but like i really want to like love dermot i want him to just take the job is his i want him to grab it and take it yeah for sure and i think there's there's definitely potential there that he will do that so where where can uh where can everyone find you you're gonna be hopefully on here uh, frequently, uh, you yeah. have a curling podcast. You got the real good show. You uh, are a man of the people. Where, where can everybody? <laughs> where can everyone find you? I am. I'm a true man of the people, and the people can find me on Twitter at Cullen the Comic. And uh, yeah, like you said, I've got a I've got a, a podcast, real good show. I also have uh, yeah, a curling podcast called Stone and Straw that'll be coming out in October. Uh, I don't know if uh, I, I feel like the cross section of uh, yours. Your fans uh, and curling is probably it's probably two parallel lines, but uh, but in any case, if you're listening to this and you're curious about curling, uh, that'll be coming out in October. Uh, so yeah, follow follow me at Cullen the Comic, and I'll be keeping everybody updated on there. All right, well, dude, thanks for coming on. This is uh, it's gonna be the start of an empire, man. Building oh, lo- building empires. That's what it's all about, man. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, anytime, any chance to talk about the Leafs, you know, is one I will take. Hell yeah. (laughs) Well, cool, dude. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. All right. So that was my talk with John Cullen. This next one, uh, unfortunately, due to errors of 
recording technology. Uh, we cut off about the first 17 minutes of it, but this is my talk with Ian Perkins about the Marlies, about food, a little bit of soccer, who knows what else. Did I lose you on the, on the volume? The call recorder stopped working, so I just restarted it. <laughs> oh, shit. We're good. It, it yeah. saves the track, I think, hopefully. You know, you know what I mean, though, where you're like, yeah, wait, wait, in my mind, that that the minor league is in the same city. You basically, you know, this is if if you ask people around here, they'd have you believe that this is the center of the universe when it comes to hockey. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it, it, yeah, it's weird that the Marlies wouldn't do better. I just don't understand where it's so cheap to go. They play great hockey. You know, there's obviously players, you're seeing them jump up and jump down every single game pretty much, you know, players jumping in and out. And then especially now, I mean, I've only been there for a minute, so I'm not, I'm not, not, I'm not talking shit by any means, but I just, I truly don't understand why it wouldn't be packed full of, you know, little kids or even, you know, like teenagers or like, I'm super into hockey. I just want to see these guys up close. I don't, I just don't, I don't understand it. Well, I, I think that, that might start to change. Like, I think that one of the issues was, I mean, this is, it's, it's a thing across the NHL is just the way that teams treat their AHL teams. And Kyle Dubas and the Leafs have made such a massive effort to just really bolster the Marlies and not only have the Marlies be a place for future Leafs players to develop, but they want the Marlies to do well in their own right. And I think that other teams can learn from that. And that's what Montreal's doing right now is they completely cleaned house with Laval because it's at the end of the day, people are going to go see a winner. And I wanted to talk to you about the Calder Cup run last year just because that was just, I mean, we, we talk about this all the time. Like that Marley's team, just so lovable. Like Janssen, Kapanen, yeah. uh, Dermot, Sparks, like, and Kyle Dubas heading it up and like the best mic drop ever. He gets promoted to the Leafs GM. Then, all right, here's this minor league team that I built. Yep, they're winning. I'm out. See you guys. Like, it's just a really cool thing that it's just a good sports story. So you being there on the ground and being a big Marlies fan, like I think we were both on tour when that happened. But what yeah. was what was that like just from your friends in the organization and just talking to other Marlies fans, you know? Like, what was that run like? Like, it was just even for me, like, I just watched the Marlies, as you said, just to see future Leafs. But it was just such a cool thing. Like, it was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was def- It was cool. It was definitely cool. I wasn't there. I caught a few games through the playoffs, but I was pretty busy. Honestly, the season before that, I was like, these guys have got to win. I was like, and when they got knocked out, or was it the season before that? I forget now. Was it two seasons? Which season was it where they got knocked out by, uh, by... The Washington team, the fucking... Like the Leafs or the Marlies? Marlies, Marlies, Marlies. When they got knocked out by um, by the Hershey Bears. Was it last season or season? I think it was two years ago. Two years ago. I thought whatever, whenever that was, I was like shocked when they didn't do it. And then this year, everyone, the whole, everybody around the team just seemed to be, or fans, you know, people I would know that would go to the games... They were just like, they're doing it. There's no way this is not happening. And it was just like, I don't think for a second there was any doubt. It didn't look, didn't seem to be any doubt to me. But- no, it, it, it's just, just the way they played and like, just 
the ridiculousness of all of the celebrations after and like Travis Dermott playing Fortnite with the cup and his yeah. girlfriend walking in on him cuddling the cup in bed. Like it's just such a, like, it's just one of those feelings. Like you said, it's like, it's going to happen. Like you just could feel yeah. it. Like just, you don't see teams like that in any sport often. Yeah. 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 It just was, it was just a weird, it was just a weird time as well to be in Toronto with TFC winning the cup. The same thing where it just, you know, when you're like, it's just written as a sports fan, you're like, this is just happening. You know what I mean? It, there's no way it's not going to happen. And then to do same thing with Marley's, where you're just like, I feel like they had that, that they were told that they were going to do it and it didn't happen. And then, and then they were just like, we got to make sure it happens, whatever it takes. Well, and that's the thing. It's, it's, especially for the Leafs who haven't won anything in decades. Like I think that was a focus and that's why I respect Kyle Dubas and Shanahan so much who are running the whole organization because it was, it, you just don't see that often. It's like making a te- like making it more than just player development, making it something that the organization is proud of for so many reasons. It's, it's, I need yeah. to get up there and go to some Marley's games with you. Like it's just, it's, it's cool. Yeah. It's really cool what they're doing. It's just a good time. It's just honestly, for me, like I could walk down there from the house. Awesome. Just I just sitting on the couch. Ten minutes later, I'm down there watching a game. It's just a good time. It seems like they just got everything. The only thing I would say is just the music is so bad there. I don't know what. I don't know who they got running it. It's terrible. It's awful. What What is it? Is it just top forty garbage? It's just a lot of bullshit, and then. I mean, it's definitely it's not all bullshit, but it's, it's you think that it would be so much more. I it, I have a theory that maybe that has something to do with people just get fucking blasted with all this nonsense music. And I get it if you're at a big arena and it's like part of the whole thing, you know, and it's a lot of planning going to it. But when it's a smaller spot like that, and you think people are just coming to watch, you know, watch these young kids play or like older guys play, you just think you would just be a bit more less in your face you know what i mean yeah well no i I know what you mean like it's i'm working on allowing myself to just let these people do their thing but it's always kind of been a a pet peeve of mine like the luxury box culture like why would you spend money to go to a game just to like sit around and watch it on tv in while you're at the game and like i get it like it's cool like open bar buffet like a lounge and everything like that's great but like why do that at a game? Just go to a bar and do that. And like, uh, it's weird that like that kind of thing would be prevalent in minor leagues. I don't know. Yeah, you get it. There's a lot of weird things. There's a lot of weird things where you just like, I'm, I'm, I'm just down for honestly for any sport. I just go do the thing, whatever the thing is at the game, and it's a good time. It's I feel like it's a different experience for minor league hockey. It's a bit more <laughs> obviously it's up close. You, you get way more sense of the of the speed of it, the aggression of it. There's just know. no ego. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't. That whole thing with me, I'm just like, yeah. If you're that good that you do have an ego, good for you. Like, like that's one thing where where sports and music. That's why I go and watch a lot of sports because in music, like you know, if you see people walking around with a big ego and everything, there's no there's no real defining thing with music as there is in sports but you're like Nylander in the AHL there was no question about 
how good he was and where he was going to end yeah. up. Not like, that I'm saying that he that I felt that he had that, but if he did have some of that, you could understand it because he was doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. In music, if someone has that thing, you're like, it's all subjective whether you no, think totally. it's good or bad or something. But you can't argue when it comes to sports. You know, you can't argue the fact of of who who are the best players. You know, and and what they're doing. So I feel like it's a different, it's a bit more, I can let it go a little bit more. Yeah, well, it's, you don't get to be the best in the world if you don't have a bit of an ego, but, like, when that ego starts to affect your interactions with other people is where that goes bad, and, like, as you said, like, music, music, that's my issue. It's, like, if you are, like, a godly, an ungodly guitar player, like, sure, that's cool, but, like, treat other people well, you know, like, and and sports, like, like, uh, have have you seen that movie Goon? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, what's his name? The French guy uh, in the first movie when he was just a huge dick. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you at the end of the day, no matter how good you are, if your teammates don't want to be around you, then you're not going to be, you're not going to succeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But you think, it felt like they got it, they got it right and everyone, you know what, you know what I would always look at when I was there or or the thing that I I loved was uh, Sparks and Picard, I love that. Where yeah. Whoever was in goal, the other guy was like, he was like, like hanging almost on the ice, smashing the boards for any kind of fucking anything that, that was happening to the other guy. You could tell that you can't fake that stuff. No. I, I don't think, you know what I mean? Like just anything that was going on, if they weren't involved, you know, and they were, and they were just sitting on the side, like... And 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 Sparks is keeping out whoever was going to be sitting on the bench. Sparks was having the best season uh-huh. ever. Do you know what I mean? So just to see that it wasn't someone sitting there sulking and just like walking on and walking off. It was like like a real deal, like bromance. You could tell. You know well, what I mean? And that's and like that move that goes up to the Leafs and it kind of that's just kind of the whole organization. I feel like everybody's just so happy to be there and support each other. Like. It's obviously when you sign a player like John Tavares, like you're not going to be upset about that. But like just the way that Matthews and Kadri in particular are like, no, fuck yeah, let's go. Like, yeah. no, no, we're not upset that he's here. Like, let's fucking do this. Like, that's what yeah. I like. And like just Matthews and Nylander and Marner just fucking with each other. And just like my, I think my favorite part of Instagram is like all of the Leafs just mercilessly fucking with each other. Like, yeah. and it's, it, you can just tell, like, they all just care so much about each other. And, like, it's not like that with every team. It's awesome. Yeah. What do you think? What was your vibe on uh, JVR? You think he you think he was in on that, or you think he was on the outside of that? He just kind of seemed like a bit of a veteran presence. Like, everybody loved him. And, like, and yeah. when he left, like, everybody had nothing but great things to say about him. I just think he was kind of a bit of a more quiet guy. And, that's fine. Like Patrick Marlowe, like he's not going to be the guy that's just fucking with everyone on Instagram, but like yeah. you can tell, like he's a great teammate. Like he has Matthews and Marner over to his house all the time. And like, that's, that's, you, you don't have to be allowed to be a leader. And I think that JVR was like that. And it's like, he was nothing but a great professional for the Leafs. I mean, I don't think he needs to be best friends with everybody or be talking shit about Kadri's music choices on Instagram. Be a good teammate, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, but you you could tell there's like a difference in like someone like Marlowe's coming in like the dad. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. I, 
Like he's like taking everyone under the wing. Don't fuck about. This is how we're doing it. And then the other guys kind of have all. You could tell there's like that bond going on. But with him, I, ne I never really like. I re never really. It never really came across that he kind of was just doing his thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think that makes sense. It's there's with with Marlo. He came in from another organization into this. Like the team was already built, and JVR kind of had to ride out some of the shitty years and. I think that it's natural that you have the youngsters uh, having that intense bond because they all grew up in the organization together and they're all about the same age. They have the same interests. And it's kind of a wide gap between the Matthews and Marners and Nylanders. And then there's Marlowe and JVR is kind of in the middle. I, I think he's, it's, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think it is what it is, but I'll, I'll miss him cherry picking in front of the goal. I'm sure they will too, but that's, Again, we have John Tavares. Who cares? <laughs> oh man, it's great! It's fucking crazy the level of excitement for him. You know, just being here and just like that happened, and it was like we think this is happening. We think this is happening. Yeah. Is it happening? And then all of a sudden, the whole fucking place just went nuts for him. Well, that just that kind of thing just doesn't happen in hockey. Like it's there's just a lot less player movement with stars, and yeah. that just it's like that's just crazy like on the ice it's i can't put to words how crazy it is and then just the fact that he that's kind of all goes into the same thing that i have been the same point i've been making is this organization is really special it's not just the players it's just the culture there it's everybody really really gives a shit yeah yeah yeah. And yeah. he clearly no, that, wanted to be part of that yeah no i'll it, it, it's cool it's crazy being here and just seeing it. You, you can't turn the TV on without, even off season, you're kind of, all right, cool. Football's getting rolling and all that. And then you just keep turning the TV on. It's just crazy. Like hockey, 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 hockey all the time. It's exciting though. But I think, you think, I feel like, I feel like the same way with the Marlies where you're like, it's just written that they've got to Yeah. I mean, not that I don't want to jinx it or put that thing on, but like, Marley's, it just felt, it just felt obvious to me, even though how little I really know about hockey, you know, like, for, I'm, I'm not like lifetime, yeah. you know, I'm just going there, going to watch games, but it just felt the energy of the place and everything around it felt that it was just destined for them to win the cup. Do you know what I mean? Whether yeah, it totally. Was, which year it was going to be, it didn't really matter. Do you know what I mean? But it was no, just totally. going to happen. Well, it was like the Red Sox in 2004, like it just had that energy about it. And like that, that's the cool thing with music and sports too. Like that's another parallel. It's like when a band is breaking, like you just feel like, I don't know how to explain it. Like you just feel that palpable energy. Like you just yeah. know that it's happening. And same with sports. It's like, you can just tell when something crazy is happening. Yeah. 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 It just feels, feels excited. Definitely feels excited. I'm, I'm excited for the seasons to start. Honestly, as soon as it got done last season, I was ready Dude, yeah, it's I, just I have just such a bad taste in my mouth from the Bruins series. And then, like, obviously the Marlies played well after that, and that kind of yeah. just that I was pretty down after the Leafs got eliminated. And then the, when the Marlies made their run, I did the uh, AHL streaming subscription and watched all those games. And like, it, yeah, yeah, it it gave me life again. It made me not hate everything, and it's it, it's just great. Like the boys are back in town, man happening you, what what about Nylander though you think 
You think there's a chance he could go or what? No, I'm not worried about it. It's yeah. uh, He clearly wants to be there. I think that with the Leafs more so than any other team, like I, I feel like the way that the Leafs are talked about in the press is very similar to how Premier League teams are talked about, where yeah. somebody will take a concept and make that quote-unquote news. Like the other day, somebody said, Nylander's asking for $8 million a year. His dad says he doesn't want him to sign, blah, blah, blah. That's not news. That's just a hypothesis. It's the same thing with like any Premier League thing. Like, oh, Zaha didn't score a goal. He wants to be. He wants to get out of Palace. That's, yeah. Like until they say something, like that's not the case. And like, it's. I was doing some research on it. Like th- this is this is the thing that I don't like about the off season. I'm glad that there's stuff to read about, but just the such deep analysis of like contract laws and caps and everything. Like it's just. I'd rather just read about like what's happening on the ice, but obviously there's nothing happening on the ice. But anyways, uh, yeah. I just I think it's going to be fine. He at the end of the day, uh, I forget who made this point, but somebody was talking about the Penguins when they won their cups. The Leafs can absolutely afford to overpay their star players. They just can't afford to overpay their role players. You can right. without a doubt if you. You can lock up Neolander, you can lock up Marner, you can not lock up Matthews, you can lock up Tavares. That's fine. Just don't spend that money. Don't spend money poorly on role players. And I think it's going to be fine. He he wants to be there. The team wants him there. Dubis is great at what he does, and obviously this is his first major negotiation, but I, I'm not worried about it. Like Neolander doesn't seem like the kind of guy who just, I mean, obviously he wants to get what he wants to get, but it's there's really no rhyme or reason or there's there's really no reason why he should get significantly more than David Pasternak who's the most close comparison to him both as far as age and production like their statistics were pretty much identical going up until when they signed their deals and it'll all work itself out I would imagine he'll be signed within the next week and I'm not I'm not sweating it what I am what I am interested in Leafs fans are just flipping a shit about this Nylander thing every single day as I was saying it's just like not actually news, but they're making news about it. Next yeah. year, we have to do this same song and dance with Marner and Matthews. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a, the news cycle next offseason is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, it's, cra- it's crazy the amount of just with, the, I feel like the least more than anybody is just every single thing is picked over. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, it just, it's. I really don't care about the intricacies of the Nylander negotiation. Just make a deal that works for both sides. I'm sure it'll be fine. I trust Dubis. I trust Nylander. It's all going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. No, it's going to be... I just, I, I just would not want him to leave. Just like seeing him come up and then just seeing how his vibe is and doing his thing. I just want to see him do well. Do you know what I mean? No, totally. You know? I, I don't think they're going to trade him. That's, that, that's yeah. another thing that's been upsetting about this offseason is... I mean, I'm I'm doing the thing that I'm talking shit about, where I'm making news out of not news. There's nothing upsetting about this off season. The Leafs signed John Tavares. That rules. But uh, like everybody's said, Tavares since since he since his name got linked with the Leafs. How many times do you think you've said it? I don't know how, how many times I've said it, but I know how many dreams I've had at night. <laughs> you're just like. What if he rolls in and gets injured beginning of the season? You still, you still. If you if you take him out, you still think it's it's on. I mean, I don't. Well, 
I don't think it's, I think if he's, I'm not saying that the Leafs go where he goes, but having that kind of center depth is just insane. Like, it's unheard of. Like, people kept keep saying, like, oh, well, the Penguins were better with Crosby and Malkin. Nazem Kadri would be a number one center on more teams than he wouldn't be. And he's our third. Yeah, like, yeah, that's, yeah. That's insane. But, uh, like, people keep kind of talking shit on Nylander and, like, saying that he's expendable and that uh, him and Marner are very, very close. Like, I might say that Nylander's slightly better than Marner. Marner got extremely hot at the end of last year. His points totals reflected that. But Nylander, like, he, he's not a scrap. He's a one-of-a-kind talent. He And, again, like, Nylander's not the best player on the Leafs, but I think he'd be the best player on more teams than he isn't. I, th- I don't think he's going anywhere. Dubis made it very clear. I love that when somebody asks, like, now that you're GM, like, you have to deal with these decisions, are you thinking about trading one of Marner or Nylander? He says, no, we will keep, we can keep Matthews, Marner, and Nylander, and we will. I don't have any reason to doubt him. Yeah. He's a good boy. Yeah. He wouldn't lie to us. He's, that guy's something else. I would love to sit down and have a chat with him. He, he's, just, just, uh, just even his story, how he got there, what his did. Yeah, it's crazy to me that whole thing. Dude, I uh, the other day I was just scrolling through Twitter and I saw an article. You know the Arkells guys. I I, I met him a couple of times, but I don't really yeah. know them. But uh, I uh, I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw somebody post an article about them. I was like, oh, awesome! Like, yeah, let's read that. Read the article. I was like, wait, this wasn't on the band account. Like, I just kind of glanced at it and clicked it. I was like, wait. Who tweeted this article? Kyle Dubas was tweeting about Arkells. What? Like, yeah, like what the hell? Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, like that. It's just stuff like that. It's just, and then when he like when the Marlies won, just him holding the trophy up, like, man, that dude rules. It's just cool. There's nothing to dislike about him, you know. Like, I don't really get too into the stats or that business. Yeah, his his deal, but just. Just how he is, how he conducts himself, how he's around the team. It just, it just, everything is likable about him. You know what I mean? I, I don't think I can name another team where players call their general manager Doobie. Like, all the guys that grew up with him in the Marlies, like, everybody just calls him Doobie. And, like, he's responsible. Like, when you're, when you're comfortable enough to call the guy that's directly responsible for you having a spot on this team, when you're comfortable enough to call him Doobie, that's pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wouldn't want to be on his wrong side, though. It seems like he's he'll cut you out pretty quick. I, I don't know. I'm guessing, but he, that's what it's like. Yeah, he just he's just like a straight-up rock star as a general manager, and that's weird. That's like not a thing, but like the dude rules. Like, it's, yeah. it's crazy. It's but, cool. uh, it, it characters like him all the way through, everywhere you look, you just... There's no kind of dead weight even with the whole story do you know what i mean no totally like that's one of the other things i I mean that's kind of the main thing i like about the leafs and why i wanted to start this podcast now is it's just every single person in the organization is likable like babcock is like your shitty old uncle who just sits on the porch spitting dip and drinking budweiser still like him dubis is dubis all the players are great it's it's just such a everyone just is great it's i'm happy there's no shitheads at all a good time there's no there's no player on the team that you would be like nah i'm not i'm not feeling them or what's the what it seems pretty much all the way through the team that's not really my vibe anyway to to be hating on players yeah no 
The only thing I would like to see is I like Connor Carrick and I would love for him to like get a spot. Do you think that can happen? Oh, totally. Like I, I, I was talking about this on another interview I did where it's, I, I like the fact that they didn't go out and get a defenseman because both Carrick and Dermott, they have so much talent. They just haven't had a chance to shine. Look, it, it, get, here's their chance. If Carrick's good enough, he will prove it this year. Without a doubt, this is his chance, and there's nobody else that can do what he does. He's going to get a chance. Dermot's going to get a chance. I'm optimistic. I think that if Carrick and Dermot are your questions on defense, those are that's not a bad thing. I like Carrick. I think he's going to be great. Dermot's, Dermot's, I feel like Dermot's just solid in there. Do you know what I mean? I oh, feel like dude, he, yeah. I feel like he's just there, but then I thought Carrick was like that, and then he just stopped getting played. Do you know what I mean? I don't know yeah. if he was in or what the vibe was, but, but... I think that there was a bit of a disconnect between the front office and Babcock, and I think that's going to change this year where it was clear, it's clear that Babcock wants big defensemen who will body people out of the way, and Dubis is focusing on zone exits and defensemen that can quarterback power plays and hang on to the puck, and I think that the team's built for that now, and I mean, especially with Sandin, who was just drafted, like, him, Dermot, they're exceptional with the puck, and I, I think that they're. I, I think that with how deep this roster is, as far as the forwards go, I think Dermot's going to have. I, here's my hot take for the podcast. I think Travis Dermot is going to explode this year. I don't think he's yeah. going to have a good year. I think he's going to have a great year, and I think he's going to open a lot of eyes. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, every time I watch him, every time he gets on the ice, I'm like, "There's my guy. That's my guy." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I always pick a couple of players to... I, it's hard for me to take on, like, the whole team and just be like, what the fuck is going on? But every time he gets on the ice, same thing with Nyland. Obviously, like, a lot of people were telling me, Nyland is your guy, you got to watch him out for him. But Dermot was like, this guy definitely goes up to the Leafs, definitely doing it. You know what I mean? Well, and um, then, I mean, the cornrows and the bikini, like... He doesn't her. give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. No, like that's that's the thing. Like that's it, it's there's no ego there. He's damn good at what he does, but he posts Netflix and chill pictures with the Calder Cup and then has cornrows and a manly thong. Like you do. He's supposed to be a tough you know what I mean? Like Yeah. He's supposed to be a tough guy, like blocking shots, doing the thing, and he's so com- comfortable and confident yeah. that and not cocky. He doesn't come across cocky at all. No, he's just loose and confident. Yeah. Cool. I back him a thousand percent. I back him. He's got He's got to do it. But Carrick's got to do it. I, I would love for both of them to to do the thing. Dermot's got a longer leash than Carrick. I think that this is kind of... this is If Dermot struggles this year, which I don't think he will, he'll have another chance. But if Carrick gets off to a slow start, I don't think he's in the long-term picture for the team. But I think he'll be fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who else? Who else are you excited about though? Who's who's your? I just, it's hard to kind of fathom what this offense will do. Uh, I'm not worried about Anderson. I think that it was clear that last year he was overplayed and he wore down real hard towards the end of the season. I'm not worried about that happening this year. Uh, I'm excited for Matthews. I mean, that's a given, but I think that if he can stay healthy this year, him and Nylander are going to just do some truly wild shit. Like Matthews is already a top five player in the league, but we haven't seen him at full strength yet. If he can stay healthy, just watch out. Like, and the other thing about Tavares is 
it's Matthews is going to be able to just go, like, at least at home, Matthews is going to be going against the worst pairing on the other team. And he's just going to be able to just destroy everybody. Like, it's going to be terrifying on home ice. I'm excited. Ugh. I'm ready. Let's start the season now. It's just getting rolling. And, like, Matthews, for me, like, as an American Leafs fan, he's just the man. Like, it's, I've always, like, Olympic hockey has always been my favorite. And it's, we've never had, like, like, I've never had, like, a Team USA player that, like, I can really, like, latch on to. Like, Patrick Kane is arguably a piece of shit, and I have no interest in supporting him. Zach Parisi had that great Olympic year, but, like, he played in New Jersey and then Minnesota, but, like, Austin Matthews, American-born, American-raised hockey player, like playing for my Leafs, like oh, I love that. You can't, you can't hate the guy. I don't no. care what you like. You can't hate this guy, especially when did did you what? You must have seen that that documentary thing about his parents. Yeah, and the whole yeah. Story. I watched that. I was like, come on, this whole deal with his uncle getting him into the sport and. Nah, cool. As soon as I watched that, I was I was obviously I was like, this is cool, you know, he's he's the number one pick. But I don't always go for the no. you know what I mean? Gravitate to who I who who I like and who seems to be the guy. But after I watched that I was like I obviously loved watching play, but I saw that and saw the backstory and everything and how hard he had to work and I was like, This is the fucking guy right here. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Did you see his interview from yesterday? I don't know. I don't, no. I probably read so it was the opening interviews for camp, and uh, one of the reporters asked him, "So, do you have any personal goals for oh, this yeah. season?" Yeah, 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 yeah. I do. What are they? I can't tell you. They're personal. <laughs> yeah, awesome. He's so smart, though. He's so and, and and you know, some players just come across and you're like, "This guy is not, not that I'm saying I'm the smartest. I'm far from the smartest." But you see some players and you're just like, "This guy needs some help." You know what I mean? Like just getting through life. <laughs> Like him, you're like, he, he could have done anything he wanted. Do you know what I mean? Whatever he was going to put his mind to, that was what he was going to be successful at. Do you know what I mean? That's another thing I'm excited for this year is I think that without Lou Lamorello there, the players are going to be able to have a lot more personality. And I, I think that it's, I mean, everybody has been projecting this, that Matthews will sign his extension next year and be, take over the and like become the captain after that. And I think that this year we're going to see Matthews like, really become the face of the franchise and like it, it and that's another addition that's another thing that Tavares brings is it takes a bit of pressure off him like I can't imagine what kind of stress he's under first overall pick biggest hockey city in the world the second he was drafted everyone was tagging him as the guy that's going to turn the franchise around and now there's other there's other players there that he doesn't have to have the best game in the history of the NHL every time he steps on the ice and I think that's going to do wonders for him I'm really excited to see what he does this year yeah and also he just got a full sleeve he's a tat lord now really he got tatted up this offseason his mom's gonna be pissed (laughs) I mean he's I'm I'm sure she can forgive him I'm sure he's bought her at least two cars in a house. I don't know. I don't know if money covers that kind of thing. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Hockey is weird, but there's not many sports where someone can walk in to 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 a team like the Leafs and have the whole expectation of the whole city put on his shoulders. Like football, you don't really see that. You know what I mean? Baseball, you don't you see that they they have more of a time to to get rolling. It's a slow burn, and like with I mean, I think with hockey, 
you only have five players on the ice at one time and it there's just a lot more focus on you like baseball there's nine and then there's bench players and like in order to by the time there's gonna be hype like you have you've already gone through like multiple years in the minors and it's just different and especially in toronto with the leafs it's like since sundin left everybody's really been looking for a face of the team and there he is our 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 big cactus son great so crazy but just that how they're all monitored you know what i mean there's so many people that you would that you could like not identify with do you know what i mean but but like regular seems like they're regular guys not just like some crazy untouchable you know lifestyle people it's like oh what's he up to oh he's playing xbox like everybody else you know what i mean he's getting this full sleeve tattoo because he's just he's at that age you know what i mean i don't know it's uh, every one of those players for the most part i feel like i could drink a beer with or just do whatever it's like they just seem like totally normal guys who all are just really fucking good at hockey yeah 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 yeah. here's i got a question for you though who who's gonna be the backup goalie? I don't see why it wouldn't be Sparks. Yeah, I think it's his I'll time. I mean, Sparks. you don't need to spend money on McElhaney again. Yeah, you think if Sparks doesn't do it, he would he would go somewhere else if he's not getting the shout. No, I think he's young enough, and I think he believes in the franchise enough. And I mean, he. I don't, I'm not going to say that Freddie Anderson's on thin ice, but I think that of the star players on the Leafs, like I think that people weren't really happy with Anderson in the Boston series, and rightfully so. Uh, I'll be interested to see how he's used this year, and I think that given what happened last year, I'm sure that Dubas has had that talk with Babcock, like, hey, you need to rest Anderson more, and Sparks will get reps for sure. He'll definitely get yeah. time on the ice if he is the backup. Whoever the backup is, I think they'll get more time than last year. It's it works in everyone's best interest. I don't see why that wouldn't happen. So I hope it sparks. I think he deserves it. And again, if he does great, then we can trade Anderson. And I'm, I'm, I like Freddie Anderson, but if sparks deserves it, I wouldn't be opposed to trading him. You would trade Anderson. I'm not saying I want to, but if sparks does great, then why not? I love Freddie. Freddie's my, I I, I love watching him play. He's so athletic. He's just a. I just love the same thing. Nothing. I just like. I love how cool he is. I love. I love watching that position in hockey in general. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Just you. There's so much athleticism in hockey, but I don't think like when a great when a truly great save happens, there's nothing else like it. Like even yeah. in soccer, where there's like the same type of play, it's like there's nothing like a crazy save on the ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, I think I enjoy it more. Obviously, I love if you're behind a team and they score. That's great. But hockey in particular, I feel like that's not the coolest. That's not the, like, number one appeal thing to me. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Oh, it does. Like, a lot of goals are just, like, lucky. Like, puck luck is a very real thing. Like, I mean, if it's a goal like Artemi Panarin for Columbus uh, in overtime against Washington... Or, like, Eric, uh, what's his name? Will, uh, William Carlson's goal for Vegas. Like, when there's a truly sensational goal, like, yeah, it's hard to beat that. But yeah. in general, yeah, I think there's more cool saves than there are cool, cool goals. Look, something, anything like that on the defensive side of it is just way more appealing to me. You know what I mean? I just, it just, that, that's what I just like to see it. And I would love to see Freddie do awesome. Have some support. It seems like to me, you know better, but 
it seemed to me that if he was on, it was great. And then, but if he was looking for a bit of support from maybe some people in front of him, it was having a bad night. It didn't seem, you know what I mean? It seemed like he took the heat for things that maybe he could have been looking for people in front of him to be helping him out. Do you know what I mean? Totally. But at the end of the day, like you can't rely on anyone else as a goalie. Like you need defensemen to step up. But like, I mean, there were some things like Jake Gardner completely blew it in that Boston series. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think I, I like Freddie a lot. I'm not saying I want to trade him. I'm just saying if Sparks does well, then hey, why not? I would just love to see them both do super well. And I think Sparks, haven't watched him, you know what I mean? And he's yeah. just waiting and waiting. And he could, there's literally nothing more he could do in the Marlies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That he's just he's like setting records left, right, and center, doing the thing. He's won the cup. He's like, everybody loves him. He's cool as fuck. Get, you know what I mean? Give him, give him the shot in, in the city that he's like, you know what I mean? Don't make him go somewhere else. Like, to, to like, to like, He's earned a spot. You know what I mean? He's earned a, a shot, I feel. Totally. I mean, that's a good problem to have. It's best case scenario. Sparks plays out of his mind and Anderson plays out of his mind. I mean, you got to trade one of them, unfortunately. But I think it'll all work itself out. I don't think he's going to be – I don't think he's going to be treated unfairly. I think that Dubas knows yeah. him well, clearly. I th- he's going to be – whatever happens is going to be fair to him. I don't think he's going to get screwed with, you know? Yeah. Is it going to be fair to us, though, as we've been watching him – Nothing's fair to us. Come on. I want to see it. I want to see him up there. I want to see him do the thing. I was not, honestly, like, that's the one. When you see, like, Neyland or Dermot, something like you, like, it's clear these guys, there's only one place to go. You know what I mean? And it's only a matter of time. Jonsson, same thing. We're like, he's playing so fucking well that they're going. You know what I mean? But then you see someone like Sparks where you're just like, fuck, you're just going to let him go and have you know, like one game or something like that. I feel I would just love for him. I don't know. I'd be interested. That's what I've been looking at. See if that will happen. Give Picard the go. See if he can do it. You know what I mean? Because he seems like... He seems great. <coughs> too. Yeah. Seems like he has the blessing of everybody. So good good on him. And then see who the backup would be there. But yeah, hopefully. If I'm, if I'm him, that's what I'm looking for. But then what the fuck do we know? You know what I mean? Yeah, we're just two assholes with a computer. I know. We can't even work that. Yeah. Fuck. Um, <laughs> so here's one thing we are good at. This is me being a podcast host and doing a great segue here. We're really yeah. good at traveling around the world and eating. Yeah. we Well, we have to travel around the world because it's just what we do. And we might as well eat. If we don't eat, we'll die. So we like... We're really you know good at I mean? staying alive. We've, we've done all right. Touch wood. We've done all right this so far. <laughs> All right, so what are your favorite cities to stay alive in by eating food? Eating food. I love. I think I love all the obvious ones. New York, L.A. I love Toronto. Toronto, food in Toronto, I'm not just saying that because it's this. So much good food here. Uh, Bond me, boys. Oh. You know oh. where my is, though? That have you ever been to that odd soul? Yeah, that's my spot. Oh my god, I could eat there every day. I'm good. I could, I could, I could die eating that food, not staying alive. I'm happy. Right on Wikipedia. Done. 
So I I love Toronto, and I, I've never had a bad meal there. But like, I, I gotta just give my number one to Montreal. Like, good lord, it is, dude. There's so much great food there, and just, uh like just, oh my god. I, I eat like what's up? Great coffee, Montreal. Yes. When I grew up, thinking, I'm instantly. You know, some cities you're like. I, how far have I got to go? And I'm not opposed to a Starbucks. Like, oh, I'm not that fussed. But, like, you know when you just, like, know I'm going to get great coffee instantly. That's a good feel. It, like, sets you up for the day. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think that's, like, I'm, I'm sure it's the same way for you. But, like, on tour, that's kind of how I keep saying is I have my spots in every city. And, like, I know that I'll have a good time or I'll have a good meal if I go there. And I just, yeah. it, there's just so many in Montreal. Like I have three bagel places. I have two dumpling places. Like, and it's all just the best I've ever had. Oh God. I'm, yeah. I'm so fucking hungry right now. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking that I was like, I could go for a bagel right now. But I, the thing is like, you've got to, you've got to go. You can't, that's what I found. You've got to kind of just let it happen. Be like, oh, I'm in Montreal. What am I going to do? Not be like, I've got to eat fried chicken tonight. You know what I mean? No matter where you are. My uh, my tour manager with Thrice, he's definitely, like, the guy that, like, yelps a spot, like, months in advance. And, like, like we have re- we have a day off in Charleston in, like, three weeks from now, and we have dinner reservations already. <laughs> like, I love, I love that. That's awesome. But uh, it's – I'm I, – I definitely like going with the flow, except I, I – I, I think for me, it's different. Like, I hate catering on tour because, like, being on tour, the only thing in the day that we can control is what we eat. And, like, yeah. fuck House of Blues catering. Like, I just don't want to eat just Whoa. a meal that's been decided for me. I love some House of Blues catering. I love... Dude, I no. Love, there's some things I look forward to. The bread and butter pudding, I'm instantly... Okay, the yeah. bread pudding, yeah. The desserts at House of Blues are all good, but, like, I just, I just don't like not having a choice. So, like, I'll yeah, generally, yeah. like... I go for quantity of reviews over quality. If some place is like three stars but has like four thousand reviews, it's probably pretty damn good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like to be taken by someone from the town and just go, "What do you eat?" That's my go-to thing. Yes. Just, just like, where's your spot? Go there. What What do you eat when you're here? This. All right, cool. And I'm ninety-nine percent of the time, you're happy. Do you know what I mean? Dude, the worst though is like when you go up to a stagehand, like. Like, they're all outside on their smoke break after sound check. Like, hey, so what should I go eat around here? Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, there's a subway right over there. What would you eat? Oh, there's Fuck, a McDonald's the other way. You're right. <laughs> oh. I would never eat Subway again in my entire Like, you know, you've done it. You've had Subway that many times. I can't even smell it. Honestly, like, like I'll eat a lot of, like, shitty food, but Subway is, um, I, would, I can promise you right now, for the rest of my life, I'll never eat Subway. I'd rather starve. <laughs> That's I had I had a girlfriend who same way she refused to eat Subway. We I, we went to Montreal a couple years ago, and we got stuck in Toronto, uh, flying back home, and uh, the only thing open was Subway, and she was starving. Like she waited like three hours and we ordered pizza to the hotel that we ended up having to get. And I was like, you you just put yourself through so much pain because you don't want Subway. And I mean, I respect that. Yeah. I, I put myself it. through pain because I'm a Maple Leafs fan. 
Not you. I feel like that pain might be coming to an end, though. <sighs> I hope your lips to God's ears. Uh, another, crim- I feel like this. Like p- when people think of New Orleans, they just think of a party town. But like, I New yeah. Orleans food is like unbelievable. And like, I think the cool thing with New Orleans is it's there's such a culture there when it comes to the food. It's not like oh, go to this dumpling spot or go to this waffle place it's just yeah. cajun food and it's just the best cajun food in the world have you it's it's always weird because like a it's hard to play shows there because their shows are never good and also yeah. there aren't many venues but like have you gotten to like destroy yourself and your stomach in new orleans we actually just did a record there the last record oh um, hell yeah so i was there for like five weeks maybe i don't even i forget how the exact time it was at least a month i was there and it was Po Boys. We went hard on Po Boys, uh, chicken. We did. We were. We were just eating all the chicken. It was good. Good times. Uh, definitely like good food. But honestly, it's gonna be a few months before I can ever eat a Po Boy again because we ate. We went that hard on Po Boys. That's fair. Like yeah. the the, the Po Boys. It's an upper. It's an upper echelon sandwich, but it definitely is heavy and it definitely can get old uh there's this place there's this place there called cochon did you get to go there when you were recording i don't think so i don't think so it's like gourmet creole food it is yeah. it's like rabbit foot stew and shit like that like oh my god i would do it i'll do anything we'll go let's go there right now i have to go on tour but oh, come on Dude, let... what's up? Are you going there when you're on tour? No. Come on. Dude, I know. We usually do. Uh, there's also a tiki bar there. The best tiki bar in the world. And uh, they have good food there. But, the uh, best tiki bar in the whole world. So are, you need to, I need to send you and Danny some tiki spots to hit up. Uh, yeah. Tiki is wild. Uh, Thrice's tour manager is obsessed with it. Yeah. And... Uh, there's a website called Kritiki that rates tiki bars. And uh, basically, there was this guy, Beach Bum Barry. He's just like this dude who's super into tiki. And he's literally spent the last 30 years traveling the world to track down tiki recipes. Like, he'll ask somebody, like, where did you hear about this drink? Oh, uh, so-and-so in the Dominican Republic told me. Goes there. They say, oh, well somebody so and so he just tracked down these recipes and he wrote all these books and everybody always asked him like when are you going to open your own bar like you you know more about tiki than anyone when are you opening your own bar he would always just say when the right place comes i will and this hotel bar in new orleans came open and it's this i forget i don't even know what the hotel is it's i know it for the tiki bar but like he opened this bar and it's unbelievable it's the best dude it's you so good. sold it to me it's called Latitude Twenty Nine. Well, maybe maybe they'll give me a free drink now that I shouted them out on my very successful podcast that has yet to release an episode. It was so close to be twenty eight's my number. I love twenty eight. Oh, I just love it. Twenty nine. <sighs> I don't know. What's your number? What if when you get jerseys and and sweaters and everything? What's your what's your what's your number? Fifteen or sixteen usually. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I did 42 once because 42.0 is 420, basically. But, uh, just, Come on. I mean, what? Look, dude, I don't, I don't 
I was never good enough at sports to have my own custom jersey. Yeah, yeah, me neither. But I just I live in this fantasy world where I can, <laughs> where I'm, I just make it happen. You know what I mean? See, like when I'm doing uh, like create a player on video games, I'll just make the most ridiculous name I can, and usually give them number sixty nine because I'm a child. <laughs> but um, uh, when I like when I actually have to pick a number, it's fifteen or sixteen. Fifteen for my favorite athlete ever, Sean Green. Who was a Blue Jay? He started out as a Toronto Blue Jay. Uh, then he went to the and a Met and a Diamondback for 16 for legendary Ohio State quarterback Craig Krenzel. You got deep there. You went deep fast. Yeah, it. The, I, I like. I can't drive anywhere without a GPS, and like people make fun of me for it all the time. And I just tell them, it's like, look. I have so much useless sports information in my head. If even yeah. half a percent of that was replaced with anything else that was meaningful, I would be way better off in life. Like, do you want me to do you want to do you want me to tell you how to drive down the street to go to the grocery store and then from there go to my mom's house? No, I don't know how to do that. But I can tell you the entire <laughs> roster of the 2002 Ohio State football team. Uh, see, that's where I struggle with. I love going to games. I love doing the whole thing. But my retention for that kind of information, my brother is like you. He's like Rain Man for anything to do with with Watford. I'll say any game that we went to, like growing up, we would go every single game, home and away, home and away. And I'll say, uh, when, do, when was the first game that we saw this guy play? He'll go, and he'll just bang. It was this game. This was a score. This guy got a yellow card. These guys came on a sub. You're like... I have no idea. It's so hard to me to remember, like, games, if I went to them last week. You know what I mean? I have to sit down and think and think and think. Or I have to, like, so on, the, like, down to my phone, like, what what the fuck was this? What series was this? Who was playing? And then as soon as I get a couple of reminders, I'm like, all right, okay, this is it. But there was, yeah. an, there was an interview a couple of days ago with Sean McVay, the coach of the Los Angeles Rams, and they told him, situations from games like six seven years ago and he they, they basically would say here's the situation what was the play and what happened he would w- without missing a second like no pause just that's what the play was like that, so that's crazy. i guess that's why he is a coach in the national football league because he's very good at being a coach i, I guess that makes sense if you could do it though maybe this is you could get into it i can't coach god no no why would anyone listen to me I can't even, I can't even, dude, uh, when I was on tour this summer, stone cold sober, I fell out of the shower and cracked open my head and had to get nine stitches. I can't even, I can't even take a shower without hurting myself. Why would anyone listen to me telling them how to play baseball or something? What would you do though? If you could, if you could have a job in sports, what would it be? Well, I've actually been like kind of looking into it. Like I applied for a job with the Dodgers last year. And out of, so there were five positions, five of the same positions for each of their five minor league teams. There were 450 applicants. I was person number six. Like I just didn't make it, but basically I would have set up cameras all around the ballpark. And then after the game, I would have cut each thing. I would have basically condensed all of the video and the individual moments. So then if like the coach goes, hey, why is this pitcher not doing well? I would go, well, here's five videos showing him not throwing his curveball well. 
But then also on top of that, I would help with like travel arrangements and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's basically it. Like I want to basically be a TM for a sports team just because that's what I'm good at and like stuff like that. So I want to do it. I, I couldn't coach though. I couldn't be a GM. There's just way too much stuff going on there. And also I just don't want hundreds of thousands of people to know my name and talk shit at me when something goes wrong. Oh, imagine going on the Twitter the day after you lose and you just got people fucking ripping you. No, no thanks. Dude, I don't want to do that. I just want to live my life and hang out. and I don't want to... I mean, obviously, I'm a, wild, a wildly successful podcast host and I get recognized on the street everywhere. And, like, that's fine. <laughs> but, like, I don't want it to be, like, that level of, like, a professional coach or GM. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about behind the scenes are you so you would you would you would do like video stuff that would be like your thing not necessarily video but just something like just operations like getting teams from point a to point b and just like helping with all the stuff that happens off the field like i I definitely think there's something to contribute there and it's i mean with especially with sports getting so modern and with so much data being there and with teams really placing an emphasis on players being healthy and being able to have less stress between games. I think that's something that they can learn a lot from music. Like, you know how hard it is to be on a bus every single day and be on a plane every single day. And I think that people like you and I have a unique perspective that people in sports don't have. And if you tour for long enough, you know how to tour smart. And I think that sports can learn from that. And I think that's kind of what I want to do if somebody will have me. What if... Dubas is a huge Thrice fan. He loves the merch. He's like, I want this guy to run the whole of the merchandise for the Leafs. Right oh, now. I'd love that. Oh, You've done. I would, yeah, I would do merch for a sports team for sure. Yeah. Like we're, yeah. we're talking to Palace about trying to do something and like do some U.S. merch for them just because like, I mean, I think that's, I think time to, to bring it to what we started this with. Like, I think that's another reason that those clubs are so big over here is because they have the money to have merchandise deals over here. Like uh, my friend and I, when we were researching for what we could do for palace, like we're like, all right, how do you get Chelsea merch in the U S they literally have their, their store is a Nike website. Like you go to Nike's website and there's like a special, it's like Chelsea.Nike or something like that. They have like a Nike website and Crystal Palace, you can't do any of that. And I'm sure Watford, you can't do any of that. So it's it's like, that's the thing that's interesting to me is like merchandising and like the weird things that go into it. Like, yeah, it's, I should call Danny after this and jerk off about (laughs) t-shirts. Oh God, don't get him started. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. When you guys had that devil's hat with a violent gentleman, we were ner- I was yeah. texting him nerding out about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's some good if you wanna if you wanna tie it all in together, that's a good bunch of people. If you're Dude, talking I love them. food food, hockey, and just good times, that's the they're the they're the entire reason I should say that. They're the entire reason why I'm a Marley's fan. Because when I came here they, I was like, what about the Leafs and that? They were like, don't worry about the Leafs. Like, that will happen. They were like, call this guy. He's at the Marlies. He's your guy. This is your team. Go and watch it. You're going to love it. They were like, we know you. You're going to love it. 100%. Boom. I'm in. Dude, the, the Violent Gentlemen guys are awesome. They, we uh, For Thrice's last tour, last uh, winter, we did two collab items with them. and just They, they rule. Yeah. Like, it's... 
they're they're doing so much for just like spreading the sport in the u.s like it's it's been a lesser child for a while but i think that it's definitely growing as a soccer and i, I they're doing so much for it i love that gentlemen yeah definitely and just it, it's cool to have people like that like danny like those guys when it comes to things like trades and that it's so confusing coming in cold do you know what i mean yeah not i can't even I, imagine like understanding like the football world how that works you know and then and then a, a trade happens and it's completely different any kind of North American sports where a trade happens. And I, so I'm always constantly hitting those guys. Even now, like, I'll be at a game, I'll be like, this just happened, what's the deal? Boom. And there's no, there's no like, oh, you you go and watch all these games and you don't even know about this. It's like, all right, this is kind of confusing. This is this is how it works. And explain it to you in a way that's like on the level. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of how I'm like with soccer. Like, it's just a foreign language to me. It's like, why would they get rid of him if they don't have to? Oh, they're just yeah. going to transfer him out. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole transfer thing weirds me out and just all of that malarkey. But now I have you too. I'll, if, if you have, ho- I'll send you soccer questions. You send me hockey questions. Oh, I'm down. I just got the, I've just got that thing with Steve. You mentioned Steve from Pup earlier. He's, he's in, he's all. I love that. Soccer Steve. But- I got the trade off of him. He, I was like, you hit me up with any of the football questions. I'm coming as soon as the basketball starts yeah. up. I'm coming to you with all the basketball questions. So he's a, he's a good guy. Definitely. It, he's one of those guys. Like we, I, I met him through the podcast. I forget who it was, but somebody's like, Hey, you need to talk to Steve. And we yeah. interviewed him. And then immediately I was like, all right, that's my boy now. And like now every time I'm in Toronto, we hang out. He's the best dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely, he's definitely a good guy. But right. he picked Spurs. That was his team. If that's fair. I'd rather it be Spurs than a Chelsea or an Arsenal or a Man U or something. Yeah, yeah. Spurs are likable. Like even though they're like a big club, they're still likable. I can like them a bit more like Palace because Watford just beat both of them. So I just want to throw that in. Oh, that's fair. Uh, well, I <laughs> desperately need to go eat a bagel because the next interview I'm doing is about weed and I'm going to get even hungrier talking about oh, weed and talking man. about the munchies. Th- dude, this oh. podcast is going to be weird. I'm just going to roll with it. Bro, you just let, let me know anytime you need, <laughs> you want to talk bullshit with someone that doesn't really know what the fuck he's talking about. Dude, love that. Be a guy. But uh, do you have anything to plug? Like what's going on for you and the band and everything? Asbury, Asbury I- FC? I just got. I'm just sitting here, living my life. No <laughs> plugs, no nothing. Eating food, eating pizza. What are you plugging? This podcast. I'm plugging the podcast. I'm plugging thrice going on tour. If anyone wants to buy a shirt from me and talk hockey, I'll be there. You're not uh, coming to Toronto though, right? I don't think so. Not this time. It's weird. This is bullshit. It I'm is that bullshit. Guy. This is bullshit. I don't want to travel. You travel to me. I will. I'm definitely planning a Toronto trip. I got to go to Hamilton to see the Arkells guys, and I got to go to Toronto. Once hockey season starts, I'm definitely going to find my way up there. I've never been to Hamilton, but I want to go to a Tiger Cats game. Dude, Arkells fucking played their stadium. What? Dude, it's so funny because, like, they're just straight up just normal-ass regular dudes like you and I would tour with, but they're literally the biggest band in Canada. (laughs) It's so dumb. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. Good for them. Like, though. it's not weird that they're the biggest band in the world because they deserve it, but, like, it's just, there's no ego there at all. Like, they are, the f- like, 
they are like they they're Foo Fighters in Canada. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I definitely seen them. I I saw the the guy. What's his name? The singer Max. Yeah, I saw I saw him and chatted to him for a minute, but I've never really hung out. We played with them a couple of times, but like just at festivals or you know, like where it just wasn't. We never played a show with them, so. Nick is a the bass player. He's a huge sports fan. I'll connect you to him. He's a good dude. He lives yeah. in Hamilton. I would love that. I never. I got to go to Hamilton. Where Where do you eat in Hamilton? What's I've never been. You never been. I've never been. But you let me know when you're there. I'll drive down. Let's do it, dude. Uh, let's um, Let's do like a Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Hamilton food and hockey trip. You you don't even need to ask me. You just tell me when it's happening. All right, I'll confer with Danny it. and we'll make this happen. Yeah, Danny's Danny's the best one to. He'll make it happen. All right. Well, dude, this was fun. Let's do it again soon. Uh, yeah, I desperately need to eat a bagel. Go do it. I'm horny for bagels. Do it. <laughs> you can't say anything more than that. All right, I gotta go take care of this itch. <laughs> All right, I'll see you later, dude. Later, later. Last but not least, here it is, the final segment of today's podcast, the third period, as you will. <laughs> Hockey puns. It's my talk with Kenny Vasoli of The Starting Line and Vacationer about pot. Uh, I'm not going to do an outro for this show. I don't believe in outros. They're against my religion. Uh, thank you for joining me on this journey. Thank you to Tyler for producing this. Thank you to John, Ian, and Kenny for jumping on and sharing in these festivities with me. I'm very excited to be doing this podcast, uh, and I hope you enjoy it. Yo, dog. Yo. Dude, riding dirty. I love it. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have explained to you. Uh, I'm on my way to just grab food real quick. Uh, do you mind if I uh, if I give you a, call, a shout back in like 10 minutes once it's just a little safer? Dude, that's all good, but it would honestly be hilarious if you just ordered food in the middle of this. So if you want to do that, cool. Oh. If not- <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm cool with doing it on the fly. I'm just going to be rude and not look at you. <laughs> Dude, that's totally fine. I, yeah, basically, so this podcast, like, I have my main sports thing, and this is, like, my side hustle. So it's, like, hockey and food and basically whatever the fuck I want to talk about. And yeah. I wanted to have a conversation about weed with somebody that's not from Ohio. So ordering food oh, yeah. in the middle of this is perfect. <laughs> oh, awesome, man. Well, perfect. Let's, let's do it, then. So... Yeah, I guess basically I wanted to start with, uh, you and I are very similar, I think, when it comes to weed. Like, it's so much more than just getting stoned and eating snacks, although that's a very good part of it. Uh, so I guess I want to know, for you, at what point did weed go from being getting stoned and eating snacks to being something important? And I know that, uh, you said in that, uh, when you were talking about your strain with cherry cola, you said it's a creative lubricant. I think that's the case for everybody. When did you really kind of realize that and use it as something more than just something to fuck off and eat snacks with? Yeah, I, it just sort of became apparent. The, the more that I used it in my life and the more that it, it brought me closer together with certain family members and just uh, overall seemed to improve my well-being in, in certain arenas of, of my life. So... You know, I I can't like I can't vouch for it having the same reaction for every human being, but I can only speak to my own experience with it, and it just seemed to always agree with me chemically. So once I could get into 
the business of um, being a, a, a proponent of it, it's it's exciting because I feel like there's things in the world that are good natured and bad natured, and it's it's hard to always decipher what's what. And um, cannabis is just something that I've always uh, categorized as good natured because of all of the good that it can do for for you know humankind. Oh, dude, totally. And I mean, I really relate to that point, like of how it, like you interacting with different family members in it. Like I kind of had a weird relationship with my dad growing up. And then when my parents split up and he moved out, we realized that, oh, hey, dad, you smoke weed. Oh, hey, I smoke weed. Let's smoke weed together. And it really like kind of tied things together. And like, even when I was a kid, like I had friends who smoked weed with their parents and stuff. And like, it's just, I mean, I think that that's, and I mean, I'm just going to go off on a tangent here. I feel like that's kind of the next step. Uh, I had this conversation with my friend Jack, who grew for uh, Northern Lights in Denver. Uh, but I think that the next step in cannabis is going to be that social aspect. Like, there's a social component to tobacco and alcohol. Like, when you go to get dinner, you get drinks after and you smoke a cigar. And there's the camaraderie of that. And I think that cannabis is trending in that direction. And I think that that's going to be kind of the next step and that's really fucking cool 100 percent, man yeah i was thinking about this today that you know i just hope it gets normalized to the point of when people drug test or even the term drug test comes up it doesn't mean like testing for marijuana like you wouldn't test for aspirin or test for coffee or test for alcohol in someone's system and I, don't, I think that, you know, marijuana should be in that same category of, you know, useful um, pharmaceuticals. Oh, dude, totally. Like, my roommate, he just went back to school, and uh, he has ADHD, so he gets an Adderall prescription. And he has to get drug tested to get it, so he couldn't smoke weed. And it's like, what's, like, why is it okay for him to, like, get shit-faced and black out, but he can't just smoke weed and enjoy a night, you know? Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't, man. Life is... Are you about, are you about to order some food? Uh, yeah, I've actually already ordered it. <laughs> your voice is trapped in my car. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've actually... Like, it's... Uh, I just need to pay for it real quick. Um, what did you order? I can order bring you in with me if you want. That's, that's fine. What, where are you? <laughs> I'm in uh, my hometown, like, Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. But, like, what, what, what restaurant, though? What are you eating? Oh, this place called Pho and Beyond. It's amazing Vietnamese food. Tight. You going with the pho or a banh mi or a boon? We're trying the banh mi for the first Ooh, time. Ooh, spicy boy. <laughs> yeah, we got the, we're trying the banh mi for the first time. We got some stir fry ready. Ooh. And then there's a vermicelli noodle bowl. We're trying that with ground shrimp this time. Ooh. We're, we're, going a little, we're going a little adventurous on this. I love this order. It's a powerful order. It's a power order for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, leave me in the car, bring me in. I don't care either way, I'll behave. Okay, I'll be right back. All right. <laughs> All right. Just going to leave this in the episode. Uh, I mean, why not, you know? Weed's cool, Vietnamese food is great. I'm really craving Vietnamese food. Uh, but yeah, I'm just going to have it be silent, and I'm going to text, and I'm going to drink some bourbon, and Kenny will be back soon. So enjoy the silence. Yeah, buddy. Dude, congratulations. Oh, thanks, man. I'm really proud of you. That's a, I'm, I'm just, that, that's just a powerful order, dude. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, success. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so back to Kenya Biss. Uh, 
I've definitely found that like for me too, it helps with just the creative process. Like that's how I come up with merch ideas is I just smoke a bunch of weed and then listen to whatever record it is on a loop. Uh, For you, like how does cannabis affect like your workflow and everything? Like, is it just kind of, I mean, no pun intended baked in, or is it just when you have, when you're hitting writer's block, you just smoke a couple hits and go from there? Uh, well, I, I'm always, I'm always smoking. Uh, if it's around, then I'm pretty much, I'm the kind of guy that's, you know, w- once I've had my breakfast and had coffee, then it's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll smoke, uh, I'll smoke a volcano. That's my apparatus of choice. And then I'll get into, uh, the music room and then get going. It's just more interesting and more fun when, when I start off with it. And it's like, it, I don't know, you know, sometimes I'll like, have it in my mind, I'll, like, I'll reward myself with it, but it's like, I don't know, how about just, you know, be kind to myself and just use it with my coffee, like, like I want to, and, uh, it, I find that it, it's, like, um, it, it blocks, uh, second guessing about my ideas, like, it really lets more ideas through, and I'm able to be more accepting and, like, forgiving of mistakes, and then, it's like in the process able to get to like the end result you know in a in more of a like a flow state and um and it also just makes it more of like a like a playful experience rather than trying to work on something oh totally it's like for me uh when i smoke heavy sativas i'll just get like kind of paranoid sometimes but the second it happens i catch it and i realize it and it just dissipates like I don't know why that happens, but that's kind of, when you said forgiveness, like, that kind of made me think of that. Like, yeah, it just, things are just easier when you're stoned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's more stimulating, um, and, yeah, if you have the right blend going, then you're able to lock in and be more focused on what you're doing. You know, people, I think the misconception about marijuana is that you do it and you slack off and you're lazy and you just want to watch TV, and it's easy to do that stuff, but it's also easy for me to parse out the responsibilities that I have even while I'm doing it. It just makes it more interesting. If I have to go to the post office, you better believe I'm going to have, like, a yep. nice fat joint beforehand and you know, make it a, a nice adventure. Oh, totally. It's and, and that's the thing. It's like I think that the baby boomer generation, while at the same time they did Woodstock and they shouldn't be judging because they did all that, they're kind of judgmental about it, and there's that whole, as you said, like, there's a stigma there, if it's just quote-unquote lazy stoners, but for you, like, what are some strains that you feel uh, kind of give you that creative edge? Uh, well, some of the strains that go into uh, even the our custom strain mindset, like, headband is uh, the one that it was, uh, you know, I don't know, it, it was the one that it was bred from, uh, and then it's crossed with uh, um, pineapple OG and um, banana Kush. So like all of it is pretty uh, like sativa leaning hybrid, um, like creative, like able to engage and uh, like nice and aware, present kind of cannabis. So like uh, I like all three of those, you know. I think Blue Dream is is a go-to. Yeah, it's like yeah. an industry standard at this point. Yeah, uh, you know, the, it's funny. The guys from Cherry Cola are like, they're they're like total Blue Dream haters. Like, <laughs> they, like 
I, I didn't know, and I have a song called Blue Dreamin', and I didn't want to tell them that I was, like, smoking just, like, ounces of that shit when I was writing the record, but they're, like, on such a level with weed that they're, like, oh, yeah, people on the East Coast still think, like, Blue Dream is good. Well, like, like, I mean, you and I are in the same spot, like, Pennsylvania, Ohio, like, we are kind of a little bit behind when it comes to cannabis, and, like, Blue Dream, it's good. I mean, it's definitely not the best, but, like, it's it's fine. And I, I, I guess, like, I mean, it makes sense. Like, every single shop has Blue Dream. Every single grow-up grows Blue Dream. It, it's almost like the Starbucks of weed, but, like, hey, Starbucks is fine. I'd say, well, I'd say it's more like the Dunkin' Donuts of weed. Of, like, Dunkin's even really... better than Starbucks. Exactly, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's really good. And I drink, like, Dunkin' Donuts, like, you know, weekly. Yeah, I had so... it earlier today. It gets the job done, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> well, pro, pro Blue Dream, fuck the haters. Uh, so, totally. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, I mean, both you and I, we spend our days traveling around the country, obnoxious amounts, and not being home, obnoxious amounts. Uh, for you, as far as legalization goes, like, what do you, how, how far out do you think we are as far as, like, federal legalization and decriminalization? It's hard to say, you know, like people that I know that that are, that are, um, really like on, in, in the inner workings of like government still seem resistant to, uh, embracing legalization. I think a lot because they don't know, they, they think that the consensus still holds on to, um, the illegalization of marijuana and so it's like still a touchy subject when people are going up for re-election to have that platform it's like still this weird taboo and i i'm hoping that with uh the examples of the states that are legalizing recreationally and all of the um you know all the money that they've been able to raise uh by taxing uh you know this new flow of in- income is uh, I hope that it it'll resonate with the rest of the states. It's just it's uh, it's hard for me to guess when it'll happen. I it's starting to um, happen quicker than I ever thought it would. So I'm uh, like really I'm cautiously optimistic with with um, you know the entire United States. You know especially with Canada going full bore. Yeah. Like I think that that's huge and like we shouldn't underplay like how much of an example that's going to set. No, totally. It's like, I mean, even Ohio, like, last year it was on the ballot. Uh, we skipped the whole medical step and it went to full wreck. However, the bill was fucked up in the sense that it wasn't proper recreational legal cannabis. It was a group of eight people having a monopoly over the industry in the entire state. So yeah. it got shot down because all of us that were that are pro-legalization... We were all just like, no, like, if you're going to do it, do it the right way. And then all the conservatives took that bill getting shot down as, oh, no, nobody wants it to be legal. Nobody wants it to be recreational. It's like, no, it's like we just want it done the right way. I feel like there's going to be loopholes like that and, like, weird hurdles that states have to overcome. But, like, I mean, there's literally no reason not to. As you said, the tax dollars are astronomical. It's safer and healthier than alcohol and tobacco it's like it's a no-brainer but at the same time it's like our my parents were born in 1957 they were born into a country that was segregated like 
Yeah. History is history is not as historical as we think it is. Yeah, for sure. I know. I wish just as humans we were just a little bit more able to adapt and embrace like the time that we're living in, and um, and really just cut the bullshit of like laws that we have in place from like 1806 or whatever the fuck. You know, it's um, it's just so helpful for so many people and for you know especially for the people that are struggling with like. Um, horrible diseases and, and uh -huh. trying to manage pain. Um, it's like to ease the suffering for, for those people and like make it readily available and not make them feel like criminals. Like that, that's enough right there. Oh, like, totally. And, and there's shit that's legal that is, you know, um, just a million times over more harmful to the human body. And like, and doctors know it. And you know, the, the, <laughs> Like, uh, the people that are selling it to you know it. And, uh, and I think that that's the big part of it is, like, that, you know, Big Pharma still just has their foot on the neck of the progression of legalization of marijuana. And it's still, like, it's wiggling out from underneath them, but it's, it's um, that's the, the big obstacle, I think. Oh, totally. And, I mean, here, here's the sports angle so that whoever's listening to this just for sports can get their kick. But, uh, like, when you look at pro sports, like, these athletes get hurt with horrible injuries and they're just shot up full of painkillers and sent back out there. And then during the week between games, when they're recuperating, they're just downing painkillers and they're getting addicted to painkillers. And there's a lot of athletes that have taken their own lives and done terrible things, not because of concussions, but because of addiction to painkillers. And yeah. I mean, it's just so, like, like, it's so basic. Like, Cannabis helps with inflammation. It's 100, it's like a scientific thing. Like, it's not, it's it's a thing. Like, it, it would be, it, and so many athletes, like, go on record saying, like, yeah, I smoke a lot of weed. It helps me with that. I'm like, why can't that be a thing, you know? Yeah, totally, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, athletes is just, like, where it begins, you know, and, like, uh, do we do we do they still test for it? Is that starting yes. to loosen up? Okay, it's, so I mean, ridiculous. it's there. It's I feel like the stigma is evaporating a bit, but like, yeah, it's still like like Josh Gordon. He plays wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. He was suspended for an entire season because of cannabis because he smoked weed. He lost ridiculous. an entire year of pay and work because of cannabis, and it's like. Wouldn't you rather like they're they're doling out harsher punishments for that than for like people that beat their girlfriends and wives and shit? And it's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, it's it, it's ridiculous, man. And those those guys really can't drink either. Like, if they're going to be performing, yeah, at, you know, um, at full. So you know they got to have some sort of relief. They got to it's the it's a catch-all for pain relief. Um, it's obvious. I mean, you know, from from my standpoint, yeah, totally. it just seems completely ridiculous that at this point it would still be like that. I'm hoping that, um, you know, the NFL, the it's the NFL seems to be making certain moves in a progressive direction in in certain places. So, again, I'm hopeful that like they can ease up the restrictions. Totally. And, uh, like, I saw a video a couple years ago. There was this little girl, I think 12 years old, who had a very progressive form of cancer. And she had no energy. She had no appetite. And she started medicating with THC pills. And she had, like, she 
it, it was the symptoms were all gone. Obviously, it's not going to quote unquote cure cancer, but it certainly cures the symptoms. It certainly gives you an appetite. Like shit. All I yeah. want to do when I smoke is go to Del Taco and order the whole menu. You get an appetite. Oh you get energy. Yeah. Like it's it's just a no brainer, and I think it's coming sooner than later. For sure, it's stopping seizures. Like I don't know what more proof we need than what it's been treating. And like people that still like you know snub their nose at at weed, just saying that it's no good. Like if they're just uh, you know ignorant in a way that like I don't even I can't understand at this point because it's um, there's so much data to to show how beneficial it it's is. It's willful ignorance. Yeah. So you've got a bunch of Vietnamese to eat, which I'm very jealous of. But uh, dude, what do you? Ha- I'm I'm so sorry for the tardiness of, of my comment. Thank you for having me on. Dude, it's all good. I was just I, I'm at my girlfriend's in Tucson. I've just been she's at work right now, so I've just been sitting around watching Mad Men, and it's all good. But uh, what's uh, what's going on with you? What's going on with Vacationer? What's going on with the starting line? Like, plug your stuff, basically. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you have your so own strain of weed. That's really cool. Like, that's yeah, that's like a goals. Of, <laughs> a lot of good stuff happening. <laughs> um, yep. So we have Vacationer. Um, the album is out right now. It's called Mindset. Uh, I highly recommend it. Um, highly recommend I, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I made a joke. Uh, and, it, and it goes well with our strain of, ma- of uh, marijuana, which will be available throughout California Hopefully at the end of the month, definitely this fall, and uh, it's called Mindset as well, uh, and it's produced by Cherry Cola Farms, a very reputable uh, cultivator of cannabis. And yeah, and Starting Line has a show coming up in December, I think it's around December 19th-ish, at the Electric Factory. uh, Formerly known as the Electric Factory. Yeah, yet to be newly named. And uh, that'll be with State Champs and Thin Lips. It'll be a lot of fun. And uh, Vacation will hopefully be on tour again throughout uh, North America and elsewhere, you know, like early next year. We're putting it together. Hell yeah, dude. Well, I'll, uh, what's going on in December? I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'm going to be in Philly soon with Thrice. I'll holler. Oh, sick. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Have fun, man. Dude, I'm stoked. It's I've been home for two months, and, like, there's a lot of that that's cool. But, like, my August tour canceled, so I was, like, geared up for tour, went to rehearsals. They canceled after two days of rehearsals. So, like, I've just been, like, rearing to go. And, like, I, I like being home, but, like, two months is a while. I'm ready to get back out there. <laughs> I feel yeah. I get that cabin fever, too. Oh, yeah. All right, bud, I will let you know when I'm in Philly. Uh, This should be coming out next week if I can figure out how to put it all together, which I should be able to. I've spent enough time watching my employers cut together shit on Pro Tools that I should be able to figure out GarageBand. uh, Oh, yeah. But, yeah, bud, thanks for coming on. Uh, I'll let you know when I'm in Philly. Dude, thanks so much, man. Good to talk, man. Enjoy your food. All right, thanks, dude. All right, see you, buddy. Take care, dude. Later.